<clears throat> Tactical Crouch, episode 178. It's taking you guys 178 episodes to finally get me on. Give you guys two good seconds there. My chair turning around, wondering who that could be. Obviously, with my name already down the bottom. I swear this is also the first time we've attempted this. One time <laughs> is all we need. One try is all we need. You know, that's it. Uh, I'm on the show. What's up? How you guys doing? Joe, Yiska, regulars here, obviously. Uh, episode 178. So, it, I like, it hasn't taken 178 episodes for me to, get, for me to be here. I, I think I've been on the show like three times total uh, in the past. Something like Very that. Very true, yeah. We'll take three mm. out of one seventy. It was three out of one seventy-seven, I guess. Very true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And now you're on permanently. And actually, if Joe remembers, that was actually our plan all along. That was like the plotting. That was that was the ideal. It was just like if we could get Avril to work, I think that'd be the best. That'd be <laughs> the best bit. I don't like nobody else is like. That's that's the that's the white whale. That's the the one. It's just like if we could, but. I don't know if it's going to work, but hey, we're here. I don't, I don't think anyone could have expected I legitimately think I don't think people would have expected that because you say that, but like I've been on the show. I don't even, I didn't even know we had there was 177 <laughs> episodes prior to this, but I've been on the show so few times in comparison to that number. Like I wasn't even sure. I, like, I don't know, man. I just felt like, you know, you guys are doing your own thing. I'm, I'm over there in the uh, showless corner where I'm just like... <laughs> Anybody? Please. Just look, looking through the frosted glass, like anybody? <laughs> Can I come in? I mean, but uh, you know what? What it takes is I got to just bust down the door. You know, I kick that door down, and it's definitely just a coincidence that we invited you uh, once you actually landed the Overwatch League job. Just pure coincidence. Oh, <laughs> imagine, imagine. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wouldn't, happy have, wouldn't be here, and just in containers. You know, that wouldn't be good enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, funnily enough, I had I haven't even been here since I got on on Overwatch League, so I don't even know. Like, this is true. I was the only times I've been on here. I was a contenders caster anyway. Um, Big leagues now. So you know, as is tradition though on TCP, I'm gonna do the patron shout out, the recovered patron shout out. So to all our beautiful patrons out there, thank you so much. But specifically, this episode is brought to you by Refined Bean, Fraudino, Battle Crab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Girthalot, Pork Shop Sammy, Cash Sixty Seven, Chara. Nathan, Your Misery, Fable Steven, Roger B, Chris R3444, Bronzebot Buhal, Hotel Bravo 11, Hunter Tain, Yeska's All Percented Shower Gel, and Chonks. There it is. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause and a pat on the back because you guys are special and you guys are fantastic. Now, gentlemen, we have a pretty loaded topic list today. Um, sure. I don't know w when the last episode was or what was even talked about. It's a, it's a clean slate. Like I'm going to say this. Uh, new TCP. There's going to be some other changes happening down the line as well. For example, we're getting rid of both Yiska and Joe at some point. Um, <laughs> yep. And but there'll be we're going to have new graphics. We're going to have uh, new things added to the show. Cool stuff added to the show. Maybe a different tone of the show as well. In fact, you're probably going to see that here today, right now. Just the fact that I'm here, it's going to be a little bit strange, maybe in a good way, like a like a like a a good weird. No, it's not going to be weird. It's just going to be cool. I but, mean, uh, it speaking, might be weird. 
That might be weird. Well, but it won't be because of me, and that's the important part. <laughs> exactly. We get into you know some interesting stuff that's happened over over June Joust. You know, recapping, obviously talking about home stands, bit of drama on Reddit. Get a little bit into that. You know, you got to get a little bit of drama on the show as well, uh, and then some expectations and preds for how the actual tournament is gonna go. So uh, without a, without further ado, guys, um, been a pretty interesting tournament so far. Any any just general stuff to get out of the way first? No, just, you know, excited to see, you know, these these metas clash. It was, you know, kind of strange to see uh, kind of a lot of upsets, a lot of, you know, surprising results. Um, and, and yeah, just, you know, the, the evolution of a meta is a, is a wondrous and, and, and surprising thing sometimes where it can kind of sneak up on you. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see what uh, the rest of June looks like. Surprising, of course, only to those without the, the knowledge of... <laughs> Yes, okay, Juice Lord, Mr. 16th award-winning journalist and, you know, esports legend. You know, uh, I have won anything and I didn't even press them to win. <laughs> Ender of eras, you know, just, you know, bookending everybody. Yeah. For someone that works in the Illuminati, you're, you're surprisingly, like, front-facing, Yuska. I gotta say that. That's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, can I say? You're, you're, very, you're, like, on camera. Um, you, you know, write articles. You're very public about it. Uh, for someone that, you know, is, is a puppet master behind the scenes, uh, really, you know, pushing all the buttons and controlling all the stakes and everything. So, you know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That that I, takes some courage. I mean, hiding in plain sight is the best place to be, right? Just not That's even true, pretend. Man. I'll just straight up yeah, tell yeah. you, and th you, they will think, ah, this guy's weird, you know? Like, yeah, you, that's the thing. You got to straight up say, like, yeah, I'm in the Illuminati. No one's going to believe <laughs> you. And then you're like, <laughs> see, no one believes it anyway. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but cool. I mean, you, Joe, you say the rest of June. I feel like we've just started June. June really has just started. Rest of June is like yeah. still like a full month ahead. There's like it's, what three weeks of June. It feels well, yes, we we've just started June the month, but like the tournament itself, like it feels like we're we're just starting like a new. And it's not true because we're at the tournament at this point. Like it's literally about to end, yeah. but it's it's just the new evolution of what this was going to be, and it's kind of disappointing almost to see it not continue so it feels like a new start but we're about to end it anyways it's a well, it's I, a weird feeling can i just say one thing i'm glad is ending is probably the hero pool for for now oh, anyway yeah. for this stage <sighs> Preach. so uh that'll be out of the way and um, I, I don't want to get too deep into talking about um like uh, what we think is going to happen just yet but uh, mm. let's focus on how we kind of got here and one thing that's been definitely hot of the press so far is talking about the fact that to date all six teams that have gone 4-0 in their stages, they've all been knocked out. Like, we've never had a 4-0 team actually make the tournament itself. They've always been knocked out um, in the actual knockout phase because their, their score is so good, they'd probably be the first seed. Uh, seems like first seed is a bit cursed here. I got some thoughts on that in terms of why that could be. That's the, that's more meta towards how seeding is working the Overwatch League itself. Um, but... It's kind of wild, guys, because uh, you would expect the first seed here. Any 4-0 team should be in for a shot, but actually none of them have ever made it. No, I think for me in particular, again, kind of alluding to it uh, a little bit earlier, like this this evolution, I think we started with a very open kind of playground where, you know, Wrecking Ball was very vogue in NA and, you know, APAC did their kind of own thing. It felt, I wouldn't say it's it's as... It, that meta in particular felt as samey or or as mirrored as it was in NA, but like there was very there there was moments where it did feel like there was like a hard and fast meta, and there were moments where people were kind of throwing out different things. It never felt like NA past maybe like week seven, like kind of mid mid June, 
um, the tournament, not the month. Um, felt like nobody, nobody felt like they had their feet under them. Yes, I, I think the narrative that uh, you know NA is the the Lucio Reaper Rush meta um, definitely sticks for a lot of reasons. But I think in particular for the tournament kind of qualifiers, these these last kind of play in seeds to get to Hawaii, um, there was a very obvious shift, um, and I think it definitely reached APAC as well. Um, that 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 teams were kind of caught off guard by this this meta bubble pop. Um, you had a much slower tempo coming in. Arisa became like not a must pick, but way more viable than than teams I think were ready for. Um, and I knockout. yeah, it, right right when the playoffs and the knockouts, like when you see teams like San Francisco shot kind of falling off, Gladiators again still kind of maintaining their their very flexible nature. They they do a lot of different things. They're very open to playing a lot of different compositions, but again never really kind of finding footing for themselves, it, whether it's not being as fast enough or not being as methodical. Um, we'll get into them a little bit later, but I think the evolution of this meta and how drastically it was changing and forcing teams to really either double down on the Winston rush or kind of splash in and practice for this slower temple Arista-based composition really kind of uh, tinkered with some of the plans. And yes, you, you have you know a bye week, not technically a bye week, but you know a bye in the tournament it didn't it doesn't uh, provide as much value when your your scrim bucks if you will or your practice is being kind of flipped on its head i think the evolution was you know the the big selling point for me is as to why you know all of these these kind of upsets happened and you know the first seeds are uh as uh as cursed as they look so what you're shocking glads maybe boom by meta change all feels like it maybe like a things figuring out mm-hmm. i mean i mean I they be choking to me? I don't know. There's a real <laughs> thing that was also present in other esports where you had lower bracket teams participating in the uh, in the bracket uh, in the yeah. in the final actually had significantly higher um, win rates for a time. So this this warm up game thing, I'm not sure if that's actually the effect or whatever it is. Um, but like. I, I also think there's there's more to the story than there being a trend or something systemic being the issue at, um, for the top seats, right? It's mm -hmm. like six games at this point. It's not that many. Wait, is it six? Would be four, yeah. right? Well, technically four. four. The stage, yeah. and then no, no. What I mean yeah. is, we had the situation that the four zero opponent. Oh no, sorry, I'm forgetting APAC. Yes, right. No, that um, in on six occasions now. A 4-0 team hasn't um, made the final playoffs, which is, yeah. it's still th theoretically a bunch of it will be variants, and a bunch of it might also come down to I don't know, like the individual teams. I, I'm I'm wasn't like a fan of what um, what ad adaptations, for instance, Glads did or whatever. Like, why? Why would you need that to do that in in this particular situation? Maybe you're not confident uh, in whatever, like, you're running into the fuel there. It's a difficult team to play, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if there's actually something tangible there that we will also see going forward. Not sure if, if anything needs to change, even. Do you guys think that this is due to, like, poor sample size? Where it's like, yes, at max, you've only seen these teams play about six games. Like, do you feel like you have, like, a very confident read on exactly how like the power hier hierarchy is like between the two regions yeah, yeah i can tell you right now like uh well it's, this is kind of agnostic regions but i can tell you right now for may melee 
the teams that got boomed out of that one. Uh, let's talk about you know APEC first. To be fair, be losing Shanghai, that's not out of question. Like Shanghai at the time, that's yep. to me a first seed versus fourth seed. Where Shanghai, we're not actually fourth seed. Yeah, like they they are way better than a fourth seed. Yeah, but that's just how they were matched up. Uh, secondary to that as well, Shanghai, as they do, you know, they they're gonna drop games in the regular season. They've dropped an zero and three game, by the way, uh, every single stage yep. uh, so far. So you know that always, and that's smart by the way, because you know that means they can't go four, which means they can't get cursed. So well done, Dragons. Um, and them beating Philadelphia is not out of question at all. I feel like Philadelphia got the harder game in their yeah. first seed than the other way around, which I have a secondary point to that as well, which I might bring up in just a moment in terms of you know uh, why I think the first seed isn't actually super strong sometimes, and this. Yeah. this fusion example tells you it because it actually gave you a harder game um and then beyond that as well you have on the na side like dallas fuel getting a three zero versus shock and outlaws and just rolling through and outlaws had a perfect uh, stage there as well and that was specifically where both teams specifically outlaws admitted to not really prepping for the for the fuel because they knew like they well they didn't know they felt like it was going to be fuel uh fuel losing the shock and then playing shock instead and they wanted that um second match versus the shock to be a win as well shock were probably very focused on outlaws because they were overlooking fuel as well and shock were looking to get the revenge match versus outlaws and both those teams got boomed by dallas because dallas made it click right at the end of the stage so mm -hmm. much so that they won the entire stage won the main melee and both teams that failed to prepare for the fuel lost them so that's uh, pretty easy to explain one as well i look at justice mayhem um and you know to me <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in that game, but over the course of May Melee, Florida, to me, it looked like they had a good grasp on the meta as well. They had really uh, incredible individuals. I thought BKB played insane last stage on the hit scans. Yaki's Tracer, say no more. You know, Gargoy really stepped up on the Flix tanks as well. So it wasn't a surprise to me, especially watching how Florida played the May Melee, that they ended mm. up beating um, Washington at that exact stage. So there's a few teams here that, to me, have made it because they kind of found their footing and found their pace right at the end of the stage and fusion who kind of maybe the, their seeding betrayed them a little bit um looking over towards the june joust it's like okay well here who you have spark who i'm not gonna lie i think they kind of choked on stage a little bit uh they definitely would have underestimated new york a, a tiny bit i would say um who who wanted new york who weren't even meant to be there and yeah. on the na side of things um atlanta stepped up huge and i think it's another one of the situations where i don't know if teams were that ready for an atlanta to be that strong so i don't know if it's super systemic outside of the shanghai fusion scenario to me it's just some teams just found their stride at the exact right time and other teams they were just in the middle neutral or maybe they got worse but definitely in the middle and they weren't at the level of the new version of the the team that won it's also yeah. a thorough, thorough selection method that we have, right? Four matches is not enough to clearly say you're def most definitely first seed. Yeah. And, like, the um, the matches themselves sometimes turn to be, out so, to be so close. Like, if you think about them as, like, chances, right? Like, th mm -hmm. there's a 60% chance that this team wins against that other team. They hit the 60% chance in two matches... That variance is very easily reversible in, in a third match, right? Like, it's very possible. So, like, unfortunately, unless you're a team that has other patterns that overlap that, so for instance, I, I'm thinking of Dallas, who 
at the start of the stage seem to be weaker than at the end of the stage um, mm. or cycle, um, then you just have to assume that there's much more volatility in the system and obviously by design to a degree, right? Like part of the parity that we're experiencing is enforced by the system. In that way, it doesn't feel like there is like a standout group of teams where in the past it always felt like in season one we had you know new york and these these dominant forces kind of coming through season two you had shock and titans kind of really kind of mandating the lay of the land season three you had kind of a five-man group where you it was it was very clear that they were you know stratified amongst the rest of the teams now it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel as much um separated yes there are some repeat teams and we still are early in the season this is only you know i guess marking the halfway point once we finish but um we're also leading into you know avril's uh, kind of mentioned a, a curse but summer showdown technically you know the summer for the overwatch league is you know just saying a little cursed you know you look at season one valiant performing really well in in the summer season two you had shanghai season three you had you know people like the charge kind of coming up and doing extremely well and then kind of tapering off due to the playoff patch and, and you know things mm -hmm. kind of shaken up so again not the only curse out there i'm just saying you know, Illuminati needs to look into yeah. it. I don't know if your secret society is too busy, Yeska, but yeah. you know, maybe the, the scrim bucks. Somebody will... on it, Yeska. Yeah. Somebody on it. Maybe Yeska's the guy that needs to be, is, is supposed to be on. He's actually the delegated person. And maybe. he looked into it. So, you know, this is the, I'm just telling you now <laughs> to put this on your plate. Yeah. We're going to um, need a YouTube video to like kind of, yeah. you know, push people towards, you know, I don't know if you're magnetized yet or you got forks coming right, out right, your right. ears, but, you know, maybe, maybe get on it, you know, give in something between, like in between like destabilizing nations. Just put this yes, on your Yes, Exactly. Um, please. <laughs> I to to close out on this one. I also just realized as well. I mean, I I say just realized, but looking through the bracket, I mean, the other four zero team was Glad's who lost to Fuel, and I don't think that's out of line at all. So you have another no. situation where Fuel yep. have boomed a four zero team. Fuel themselves who didn't go four zero, and I think the only reason is because Shock came in pretty big in that game, that three one game. Yep. Um, that kind of led people to believe that Shock should be this team that gets on through. Which Shock was a team that most people were no pun intended shocked that they they weren't one of the teams going to Hawaii because I put down Shock and Dallas. I'm sure like 90% of people put down Shock and Dallas. The only people that wouldn't have had Shock and Dallas from NA moving through are like really hardcore Atlanta fans or maybe really hardcore Boston fans that are going to support their teams no matter what match it is. Um, so Wait, in, in May uh, Amelia or in June Jazz? Oh, June. June. I, I had Glads going through. Yeah, so did I. You had Glads I, going through? Yeah. I got sold on the scrim bucks. I was like, yeah, they, they no, can't I'm be. I'm still not convinced that if they play What's vanilla that bucks? they don't. <sighs> June Joust? Okay. I'm just saying, I think I think Dallas beating him is not... Uh, no, no, it's not outrageous. It's not. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, it's like that outrageous. game, that game to me, like, I'm, I think Dallas were, they are so good at their, you know, the almost one-tricking a, a composition, and that's kind of what they did last stage as well, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, like, they're so, when they find their stride, and even old Element Mystic, when they find their stride and they can, like, really nail down a comp and just perfect it, mm -hmm. they, they're kind of unbeatable. Even even in situations where maybe the move meta starting to move away, they're still that, that good. But to, to end the 4-0 discussion, yeah, I'm, uh, some of these aren't a shock. I would probably fix this a little bit in terms of allowing first seed to be able to choose your opponent and this would be you know important mm. in APAC this would prevent the fusion Shanghai scenario because you can imagine fusion had the ability to choose an opponent they would not have chosen Shanghai yeah. they would have gone for somebody else and um you wouldn't have had this like extremely good battle where really the best two teams in May Melee and APAC had to eliminate each other really early so I think seeding betrayed them a little bit um and to Yiska's point 
seeding also portrays DNA a little bit because Fuel came into June Joust in fifth seed. Mm -hmm. Fifth seed. Like, they're way better than a fifth seed team. Yeah. But the seeding just kind of, like, screwed things up because there's just not enough games. There's not enough games in one It's that in the strength of schedule. Out. Like, if you get an easy, you know, couple Which weeks... Yeah, you like you're gonna get in. It's it's not that difficult to you know you get a Vancouver, you get a Valiant, you know, a couple weeks in a row. Easy stage, last stage as well. You could say. Yep. Right? Yep. So it's you you oh, do yeah, kind of get some gimmies to get in and and have a four zero. So while yes, it is a weird coincidence. You know, there are plenty of reasons as to why you know these these are happening. It kind of yeah. screws with narratives too, but that's just an unfortunate you know so circumstance. One one bit of fallout coming out of this as well is. Uh, we recently had some tweets going out there, some strong thoughts from players. I think Dante started this one. Um, Dante has basically said, uh, and I'll go ahead, we'll, we'll get the tweet, I'll read out this tweet as well real quick. But essentially what's going on is Houston obviously lost, and Houston are known to have a pretty strong fan base. They got 0 by the fuel, and it wasn't just like a, you know, one of those close matches. You're like, oh, you know, we could have probably won. No, they they got demolished by the field. Let's be fair about it. It's so tilting how people always look for someone to blame or to flame. I guess flame or blame both work after a loss. So many heroes are so dependent on how the rest of the team plays. Feels impossible to succeed on certain heroes when the team isn't functioning as a whole. Wish people realized this before being so loud. Um, you can check out the tweet chain to to get the rest of the message in there, but it's just him explaining his thoughts a little bit but you know where he's coming from is obviously dallas field had a sort of game plan or maybe developed a game plan mid-match where they were they were targeting juby a lot dallas oh well houston also had interesting compositional choices that probably didn't help them either uh and you ended up having multiple fights in a row where juby's down early dallas mm -hmm. have a 65 and they continue rolling over um houston and it must be pretty frustrating for the fans like i get it. i i'm empathetic empathetic enough to see it from both povs but i also look at this from dante like yeah i mean there'll be reasons why houston played a certain way play the team composition uh, the way they played it and some of the fan criticism is going to be a little bit unreasonable it's going to be so, it's going to be pretty unfair because they're going to come in and be like Yo, you gotta you gotta get rid of Juby and put Jake back in. You're playing Brig, you gotta put Jake in. Like this guy's throwing, or this guy's like, how is he dying over and over? He must be ending. They're like unfairly placing blame. FD guys getting blamed from shock fans as well. So when teams lose, you're like, oh, why did this guy do that? And then you had the whole, um, you know, th there's the Custer clip as well where he he ends up um, justifiably defending FD God. Like, yeah, he didn't waste the sound barrier here because this is a situation where yep. it makes 100 percent sense for him to use. And people, mm -hmm. the fans yep. were going hardcore on FD God and all this kind of stuff and putting a lot of pressure on the players in that regard. So that is a pretty hot topic right now that there is always going to be some level of disconnect between what the fans see and what they think versus what actually happens in the game and why those things happen. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There's, there's always, like you said, there's always going to be a disconnect. Um, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, these, these players should be getting, you know, these, these, you know, vitriolic comments, you know, just really, unnecessary i think that you know criticism is fine but but going out of your way to attack somebody based on you know poor performance or just you know your own ignorance into actually what's happening i think fd god in particular yeah i think there was a couple plays that you know i might like to tweak but a lot of it felt like just kai and pelican not really getting shut down at all i think pelican was, was just permanently deep on these flanks and not getting paid attention to and kai was just playing out of his mind in this every single moment that that fd god kind of showed his head it was just getting clicked uh <laughs> there's no there's no amount of shields in the world it kind of feels like an ons or decay situation where like there there is 
there is no amount of you know map geometry abusing or or shields kind of thrown in their face or pressure you can put on this player to to really um justifiably shut them down to, to have that stuff happening some things you know yeah you can criticize here or there but i think for the most of it it was just you know i in a weird way atlanta playing really well yes first deaths are a a significant factor in, in when you're losing team fights but that doesn't always have to be due to mistakes it can be to due to somebody playing really really well yeah it's also a very different situation i feel like in this yeah let's let's call a spade a spade this scene has an unusual amount of uh regular sports fans right like yeah if you do polls it's a it's an unusual demographic that we've amassed due to the localization thing right i actually feel like we are the opposite but that's just my feeling but go on really um it's weird i only say that because sometimes when i maybe it's because this confirmation bias but sometimes when i see what fans say and see like where their takes are i'm like this person just doesn't watch sports they don't understand mm. how sports work this is where the monty the whole monty overwatch league is not an anime comment comes from <laughs> what he's trying to say is his real criticism of what people uh, what he's trying to say is there are fans out there that watch the overwatch league like it's wwe like the yes, winner is yes. already rigged it's already written in the script yeah, yeah. and they, they they think it's an anime where like oh you know my underdog team is going to come in because that's what the that's what the anime writer that's what that's what you know what's his face is going to put into the comic into the manga next week uh because the you know the anime protagonist team and it's like no in a real sport like you just have to be good that was the whole thing behind the yeah. overwatch league is not an anime comment um so you know part of me has looked at this like are they sports fans? Because like they don't look like they know sports to me. Mm. Just putting it out. Yeah, no, there's. I, I mean, yes, it's it's like, like we don't have one demographic. We definitely have. We also had the discussion around like you know the the whole um, sun culture that apply put out and whatever. Like we definitely have a wider variety than a display here. But the the mm. thing is, like in regular sports, it's pretty normal for people to go into their internet forums and just like let loose about a player's performance right that's and okay that's that's okay but in esports it's a little bit different because we have a closer relationship to our players right yes. like we are on stream like directly interacting with them and we're reading chat in real time and we're like the these guys let them in directly into their brain basically as like you know schizophrenic shades that just like travel through your consciousness at that uh, point and there there's a different caution to uh, to be had also these guys are not making nearly enough money to to justify yeah. taking the abuse that like it, th 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 these systems don't work the same it's just very different and therefore it should be treated differently right um also just like absolute jokes of of, of the takes there I also kind of dislike that then everyone loves to pile on so much, like inadvertently giving these people like a platform almost by being the punching bag. I don't know. I, I'm not having a great time uh, in terms of these uh, discussions. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like it, it's a lot of their own fans. I mean, that makes sense. Like it, to, to the sports fan comment, I can see where that connection is. But like you also said, it's, it's the fact that we're so different to sports as well because we're so on the internet you have the fact that our players are young we don't have like you know we don't have mid to late 20s players outside like a small handful like mm. outside like toby links romana like who are the really old players in the league like everyone's like 19 or 18 or 20 you know Pretty much, uh, yeah. you look at i think i saw a, i saw a, a graphic or picture somewhere like average age of teams and it's all 
either between 19 and 22 pretty yeah. much the average age of teams and even philadelphia fusion who have one of the older teams the average age is still like 22 23 uh because they have young players mixed with old players um so you got that you have you have, have players that are not going to be fully emotionally developed yet and they're going to be hurt by these comments a lot more um beyond that as well like you said yes they're closer to the internet they're they're far more closer to the fans well like if you're if you're a football uh player if you're in a basketball player you're not going to see half these comments ever. They might even, people yep. might go into your mentions, but when you have like a million followers on Twitter, this this is just like, you know, water off a duck's back at that stage. You're not even seeing, you probably have someone managing your account. You're not even yep. seeing these messages. You're not going on the You're not streaming afterwards. You think yep. an NBA player is going to stream NBA 2K afters and talk to his fans? No, but an Overwatch League player would, and they're going to get this stuff a lot more directly. So it's just a different ballpark entirely. And, and so I think it's a lot of it's, an outlet of frustration. Like I get it. If you're like a huge mm-hmm. fan yeah. or shock fan and you had high expectations for your team, you're going to come out here and you're like, you're looking for an outlet. Um, there's a healthy way to do that, which is maybe you just want to yell into the void uh, or an unhealthy way to do that. Where you like DM or at a specific player and tell them how shit they are or something like that. That's yeah. probably a bit negative. Yep. Attacking is not good. Criticizing in, you know, your own channels and your own, you know, public or, or private. Um, different ways i think is fair especially with how invested some people are into this thing and i get that um but yeah attacking people is just not good if anything like um another thing that that feels kind of really poignant to talk or to at least mention is um i don't know that you can ever really stop this uh, as unfortunate as it is and it's not the player's onus to like really fix this Mm. but i think esports in general across the board it's not just overwatch um is doing itself a kind of disservice with not really getting into lower tiers of play to really get people um acclimated not to to try and you know take a little bit of poison every day to kind of you know immune yourself mm. but to to get prepared to 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 kind of face yeah, the music yeah. as, as cliches bully my place but when i coach so. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna yeah. be you know you're, you're, you're gonna be used to it i guess yeah like collegiate contenders whatever it is tier two in, in any esport i think needs a lot more support so you don't have these 19 year olds 20 year olds going from playing on the ladder to going in the league you don't you're not you're not prepared you know, you know socially you know what else would help um is 5v5 uh sponsored by the 5v5 gang so not but in all seriousness is i i think there's a little bit of disconnect as well in terms of how team orientated overwatch is Mm. Um, and you get this, like the classic, some of this is trolling, some of it is serious. And I feel bad for the people that are serious about this, the whole, the whole MTD thing, because it's yeah. funny when it's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, some guy killed another guy, MTD. And if it's a troll, it's whatever. Mm. But then there's like an, a, a fan that might legitimately be like, oh man, we're getting MTD so hard. We got to get rid of this main tank planet mm. team. We got to bin this guy. We got to get rid of him because he's getting MTD, you know? And what you don't realize <laughs> is in this, in Overwatch, when your team sucks, your tank yeah. looks really the bad. worst they are yep. the worst player on your team yep. which is why when nyxl sucking everyone's like yuck pong so bad and like yeah. yeah i'm not gonna say that he doesn't make mistakes he's definitely done some bad stuff but you look worse when yeah, your yeah. team is doing worse silver three looks god awful because his team yep. sucks when he goes in he's not getting enough heals he's yep. not getting enough Remember fearless? And i often say season one yeah exactly yeah guy hey all you fearless anime protagonist guys go back and watch the season one games tell me if fearless is a good player he probably he, he probably actually is ironically but his team just can't keep up his team isn't good enough to yeah. enable him and you you look awful as a main tank player when your team is not going to be good enough to give you the support and you look really good as a main tank player 
when you're bumper on the Vancouver Titans, this is not a slight against bumper, but let's be honest, bumper can do some stuff that looks like <laughs> straight feeding. It's yeah. divine, and he gets yeah. high value because his team is so good that you he, they'll bail him out of any situation. So uh, there's that in the game, and I feel like you know back to why I even brought up the discussion of five v five. We're not going to get into a massive five v five debate here, but right. essentially what it is is you have a game that's moving in more of a direction of or a direction of people showing their value in a different light where it's you're not super super team dependent the way of watch is uh and by the way before anyone comments on that as well which i'm sure people will because usually the when i had my eight hour debate on my stream about this the the response always like oh I, if you take away the teamwork then this is just going to be counter-strike or valor i'm like no one said take away the teamwork i don't know why it's black and white for people yeah. it's not like all teamwork or zero teamwork there's yeah. the middle ground guys there's a gray area and that's that says we can you know you can increase the skill ceiling or increase the viability of in individual impact which is you know as a byproduct probably going to lower i wouldn't even say lower teamwork by that much but it's going to lower team dependency that's probably yes. the correct way to talk about it. it's not going to lower teamwork it's going to lower team dependency you are less yeah. dependent on your team to find a success and that way your true skill as a player will shine more and then we can talk about mtd because if you are more impactful and you get owned then yeah, more of that's going to go on to you. But but that would probably help as well in terms of people understanding the game, understand what's actually happening in the game, to discern whether a player is actually playing poorly or whether his team's doing poorly, and that makes them look bad. Yeah, the simpler it gets, the less people you have, the less particles on screen, the more, you know, as simple as it is, yeah, if you increase individual performance, um, take a game like Valorant, for instance, right? Like, you have a game that that is so focused around, you know, gunplay and, and individual impact, but when you really kind of get nitty gritty with it it's still very much about a resource-based game it's about you know landing all these these very particular and set plays it is very much about teamwork and, and overwatch is going to be more so uh or than not more related to that right like it's, yeah. it's always going to be about teamwork and if you increase the 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 individual performance like avril said like it's just about dependency and it's just taking that just down a notch yeah yeah no like i think it's fair if you want to like want to, you know, unleash a little bit and want to have a way to let loose of your frustration. I think it's almost always better to talk about the collective of the team and yeah. incorporate everyone in, in that decision because it is actually this complex. It is about, do, does my team have a t practice facility or are we just like sitting in our apartment somewhere in Europe? That's the major difference, right? Um... Is it then, is it, can you criticize the individual player? Sure, but how many layers of complexity do you have to sort of scrape away from the Ondian until you get to the core of whatever the player uh, issue is, right? So mm. it's, it's, it's a really unique issue that we face in Overwatch. Dude, like, have people not talk, like, just pay, pick a random evaluation thing. Let's, let's say sure. we t sit 100 players, uh, people from the community, respectively, without any prior um, information that this was going to happen, into individual booths and ask them, please rank the best off-tank players or the best support players, 1 to 10, uh, 1 to 20. You know how, how closely this would resemble coin flips? Yeah. Nobody understands, like the wide majority don't understand the complexities of that and don't have a way to have objective judgments about this it's almost more preference or honestly also camera time for instance yep. right 
Like, if your good plays are shown, like, I don't know how often Legion necessarily feeds. I know when he plays sick now, right? <laughs> so, yeah. like, all of that has so much to do with how, how your perception works. Like, if, if the camera is on FD God when, when that Reaper ult hits, right? And how he beats that, the story is completely different. And that yep. doesn't happen in games like uh, Valorant as much, right? Where very often it's like sequential how, how these one-on-ones happen or the, the 2v2s and you can't have the camera on the full action. Maybe, mm. yes, you will miss like a utility thing that's key. Seriously, not nearly as often as it happens in Overwatch because everything happens yep. at the same time. It's just byproduct. Like, I'm not even sure, like 5v5 will help. I'm not sure if it will help enough. To be honest. No, no, no. Of course. Like, I think this game is kind of cursed to have like a really high barrier to entry to even like start to understand it. And and by no means is this, you know, us tooting our own horns and thinking we're, you know, as high and I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. I I, I, understand. I like to think maybe I have like yeah. a few salient points, but outside of that, I couldn't I don't I don't know. More watchable game helps as well. Like what you said about like, yeah. you know, you're gonna see Look, let's be clear, less visual clutter. Five, that's why Moira sucks yep. as well. Moira just adds more vo uh, visual yep. clutter. Yep. Everything helps in terms of understanding the game when the game's easy to watch and there's less people on screen. I think that one, you can't really argue yep. against that. That's just like a mathematical thing. Um, but beyond that, it's just, you know, uh, the, the game, this game in particular, is so teamwork-focused at the high level yep. that you're just going to miss so much. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and mostly, if you ask a fan, like, when, when is Lee J gone bad? It's like, oh, when he, when he dies on the kill feed. When is he good? I was like, oh, when he gets a kill on the kill yep. feed. Yeah. You know, that's probably it. That's it. Like, you see him boop people off the kill feed. Brilliant. I'll tell you what. If he made those exact same plays, but he got flashbanged and killed, everyone would be like, this guy's so garbage. Yeah, see yeah. him feed like that. He just went and he just, like, fed. Just completely died. You'd have the complete opposite reaction. Same play, different outcome, complete opposite reaction. So it's just like, you know... One of those things that's can be very difficult, uh, and some of it's definitely not the fans' fault, just because uh, you can't expect the fans to be super yeah, knowledgeable on the game. They're sure. not going to be, and that's fine. They don't yep. need to be, but uh, maybe the game has to do a better job of, you know, making the game more easily Clear. accessed in terms of that area. Yeah, clarity of watching it, um, and they and that's a that's a from a spectator point of view as well, because you're just not going to see half things in game you're not going to see why if the god used sound barrier at that exact at the exact moment you're just going to see that you know shock have already won the fight and there's a random sound barrier that's all you see you don't see the context you just see the quote-unquote failure um so that's going to be pretty much that on to some more positive stuff though guys we just had our very first homestand of the year so hangzhou spark hosted their homestand first of uh, a, a few homestands actually uh, from what i know uh, public knowledge, I'm not leaking. Uh, yes, I work on the league. I'm not telling you anything that's not been, you know, somewhat talked about already. But essentially, you know, this has been our first homestand since, what, the start of the season last year? Yeah. Four things shut down. So it has, I don't know if it's been a full year. Has it been a full year? It might have. It yeah. might actually. It been has to. Year. It had to have been. Yeah. It's been more, more than, than a year. year. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, people have been missing. It looked great. I'll be honest. I wish I was there. Everyone does wish they were there. Um. You know, the crowd noise that you could hear in the games were incredible. They were great. Yeah, they cheered more for the Chinese teams. It's a home audience. What do you expect? Sure, exactly. And um, honestly, you know, seeing players on the stage, even just the small stuff, like seeing the fist bumps as they went and collected their victory fist bumps, like, just love that. Hangzhou's own walk-in, beautiful, just really gave you the hype. Um, 
everything about it just reminds reminded me of what esports to me really is and it's about a live aspect like mm -hmm. as much as everyone talks about like, yeah esports is an online thing as well uh, it's the beauty of it is that you can play online it's a game but you know to have it be actually competitive as a sport and to be you know viewed as a sport to be taken seriously and i think to to get the real feel of it everyone's best moments in esports have come from some sort of land in my opinion 100 percent. like um i don't know if this is even a question you can answer but like avril for you like did how clearly could you hear the crowd feed when you were not actually at all. zero oh, that's sad <laughs> <laughs> that's not because it was quiet that's because um i don't i'm not going to make anything up by, by pretending i understand why but there, sure. I there was some technical limitation there that prevented ah, from happening. gotcha that's but i don't know i don't know exactly we did ask for it but it was because uh, you something you have to remember remind uh to be reminded about the apac broadcast from the english side and the, the chinese side is that billy billy handles the apac broadcast and the na side in terms of the english broadcast of that is kind of done through billy billy in a way mm. like they mm. i'm not i'm not going to reveal too much or get too technical about it because sure. i don't I fully understand the technical side i'm not going to try and misrepresent it um but yeah there's some there's going to be something technical going on in there that means certain things were limited like remember we didn't even get um play cams for yeah. the longest time until very recently so they figured something out and there was a technical reason why it couldn't be done and then they ended up you know actually having it there so who knows maybe shanghai homestand which will be up next uh not a leak they said it on broadcast in the chinese broadcast um you know that is that is maybe something that can be introduced for the next homestand maybe we will get the crowd noise hopefully like for you in particular, like, I, I think people really enjoy hearing Caster's takes, like, regarding, like, what it feels like to, you know, not only accurately be reading the game, kind of being in the moment, being in the zone, but also, like, hearing the emotion kind of swallow the crowd, you know, what that does to you, like, what is, Changes like, how, yeah, what does that mean for you to, improve? like, like you said, like, improves it, like, what does it feel like to go from maybe casting, in, not in front of just an audience, but, like, being able to hear a crowd versus not like go not in the to the mechanics but like what does that what does that mean to you like being oh, able to yeah, hopefully get there it's the emotion of the, i can tell you the best is the best is actually when you can cast to a crowd and your voice is going through the crowd and then you reciprocate the emotion yeah. where you know they mm. get loud and you get loud in response and you know so forth uh, so forth when it's more of like um, an online thing or in my case when i've done apac games and yeah, there's a crowd there. There's a live audience, but they don't hear me. Sure. We're still watching the same game. We're still kind of reacting to the game, you know, and with each other through the game itself as the medium communication. Um, but they're not, we're not exactly talking to each other at that stage. So but even then, that, that, in my opinion, significantly in, in improves the quality of the match. Like, there's a level of hype behind it. And it's not just about energy. It's not just like I'm more excited on the cast. It's about like, you know, I'm there to experience the same thing the audience yes. is experiencing and that becomes a combined experience that i think is very important um to be shared and the cast would reflect that mm. whereas you know when i don't have the crowd noise i don't know if the crowd's happy yeah. cheering about something i don't know if they're upset about something they're all quiet or they're yep. maybe like oh they're groaning or i don't know like who knows like and and to me it's just like it's an it's another cast and obviously um you know it's a more important game so from my perspective i'm going to try and give it more but i don't know what the crowd thinks about i get no feedback in that regard right. there's no crowd noise but i can tell you i've, I've casted in front of uh, a live crowd we did the contenders final in australia um mm -hmm. at a crowd in, in the rod labor arena which is where they have the melbourne tennis open and i was in front of like a crowd of 2000 and it was my voice going to the crowd as well and that was probably 
one of the highlights of my casting career that I've ever had. Uh, and that wasn't even like a, that's just a contenders game. It's a, it's mm. a contenders Australia game. We're not talking Overwatch League or anything. And that's like one of my best moments just because of the environment, just because of where I was. Yeah. I also always, like, I, I think that's not a, appreciated a point enough because we saw only got to saw it so infrequently. And I will also say, I don't think the experience at the Blizzard Arena, especially during the regular season games later on, when, I mean, it was hard to even fill that up. Um, mm. And like regulars, you know, like it normalizes the experience to a degree. If you're, I don't know, like in a giant stadium, then that's a very different energy that that crowd gives off, right? Yep. Even And then each uh, homestand has re-energized crowds that also have a different uh, reaction. So I always felt with, for instance, Uber, we have someone that is legitimately one of the best, let's just invent this word, crowd feeders in esports who's like a guy that feeds off the crowd like among the it's best in the industry feaster not feeder he's a feaster <laughs> i mean both like <laughs> it's it's like he's like this yeah he does feed the crowd too i guess so maybe it is both you're right <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like this lion that has been put in a cage and put on a vegan mm -hmm. diet for like two years or like four years now uh with very few occasions where you got out a little bit of sunlight and then you immediately see that um, almost the nature of that broadcast changes. I will always already say, like, seeing him, like, way back, I think it was either TakeOver 1 or TakeOver take 2. TakeOver 2. Like, yep. that was already a very different experience. This man was, like, demolishing tables and stuff. Like, the Yeah, watching somebody cast is actually so interesting to watch. Yeah, like, how, like how they, they, you know... Yeah. Move their hands and like how they stand up at certain points. It's a near like, spiritual experience. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's. I sick. was close to tears when I saw Ubercast the first time. No, 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 BS there. Like, what? What table did he smash? Did he smash a table? No, no. Like what? he's just. I don't know. He he was holding down the the production table where the the screen was like put oh, on it. Right. And like, he's just like screaming into it, eating a table. And then <laughs> I think that that might have been even been the moment where he said, "Put your back the headset back on." Maybe I'm mixing no, things no, up. No, no, no that, different, that, that wasn't. Uh, that was. It w yes, uh, I can't remember. True, we had yes, yes, yes. I remember my article. I referenced it. Yes. Like the takeover two so was later. For some reason, that's what I remember about that event. Um, <laughs> and it's like he's he's rocking back and forth. He's losing his own headset right in the process mm -hmm. of it, and yeah. like, um, and he's mad at Nox for, in that moment because he's stealing a map five from him or something. And I'm I'm just like this man is living it right now. Like it's yeah. it's a different experience for sure, which I think also to a degree translates into the um, co-streaming experience, where you yep. see the faces of people you respect react to something that's on the screen that enhances the experience to a degree. Yep, reaction <laughs> works. Via reaction YouTube. Yeah, it works. Yeah, no, I mean, that's about. With, with simple apes. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, <laughs> I just want to see what that guy's face looks like when he sees this thing. Like that's that's all React is. I, I would it's pay. So, uh, it's relatable. I would, I would pay a subscription for an Avril face cam during your casts for sure. Uh oh no, I don't know that'd be that. I would. You actually can get. Well, no, you can't get that. But you at a live <laughs> event. I mean, I gotta be. How do I say this? Because I'm, I'm saying the wrong thing. Right Are now. you setting up I'm your OnlyFans right I'm now? Like, what's the idea? I'm not starting a subscription for this. But what I'm saying is, for example, when I was actually on LAN at, at uh, MEO at Melbourne Esports Open, where I did that um, live final. I mean, the desk. There's a big. There's a photo somewhere. 
um, where you see the entire stadium shot, all the people, the massive stage, and then our our casting slash analyst desk, which is you know out a little bit further, obviously a specific place that the camera shot looks over the stage and the and the and the talent. Uh, and if you are in the audience, you can actually see the casters. So you would actually see the casters and, and stuff like yep. that. So you you can kind of get that uh, a little bit. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it as well. I think the best best broadcast people will tell you any caster that's done, you know, a large body of work and tell you that their best product would come from those kind of events and those type of situations. Um, and Uber's certainly, you know, everyone remembers the put your headset back on sun moment. Yeah. And that only happens on a land. Like you need to be able to see a player taking off yeah. his headset yeah. Yeah. Uh, in an important moment. It's just stuff like that. You can't you can't get that without it. Uh, but we are getting more home stands. I mean, Dallas have teased one. Um, Shanghai and Guangzhou Charge will be having them. I think Shanghai is up next in July, and then Guangzhou, I don't know when that will be, probably a little bit later. Uh, Dallas are also confirmed to be doing a homestand for the CDL as well. So Dallas is doing a back-to-back oh, okay. there, or like a, like a two-piece in terms of cool. two homestands, which, you, I mean, yeah, you're a Hastro, you might as well, if you're doing one, you better do both. Yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. You know, same venue, different weekends maybe. So looking forward to that we're going to get you know quite a bit and then you know maybe down the line if things are looking good and people are vaccinated and the world is in a decent pace place you could even see you know this is again no leak or not no promise or anything nothing from the league this is just my own wish list as i I would love to see a full land for the finals or definitely maybe not on track i don't know you know how things are trending especially in the states these days but um yeah, things are starting to open up. People are, are putting together events, you know, left and right. We're, we are starting to get back to normal. So, again, fingers crossed, hopefully we can get to that, you know, land season final because it's it's definitely something that I've kind of missed out on. Um, you know, maybe not even necessarily being there, but just kind of experiencing that. Um, watching that. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. You know, whatever the cards may hold, you know, who knows? Who knows? It's, so it's an exciting time. August. We're doing July oh, okay. for Shanghai, Guangzhou, August. Uh, I would assume so. No, that doesn't mean Dallas is September. That means Dallas could be somewhere in the middle. Of that just for NA, you could have a, you could have an APAC and an NA homestand, yep. um, both having having happening simultaneously. Like that's true. So I don't know. It'll I assume it'll be next to or close to the CDL homestand. I think they'll do it back to back because logistically that makes the most sense. Hundred mm. percent. Yep. Oh, for sure. No P. Hopefully we get there. Guangzhou, right, by the way, crossed. has a great setup as well. I'm not sure if they're already in the, those facilities. I like. I think that one will also be a sick one, and I don't know what Shanghai looks like, but uh, charge should be pretty sweet. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine they'll all be pretty good. Like, but this is the first time we had a homestand in China, by the way. Outside of that's uh, true. Watch World Cup, like stage group in yep. China. That's the only time we've had an event in China. And aside from that, they've all been elsewhere in the world, um, and we never got to see it last year in terms of the Chinese and the Seoul homestand in Korea as well. Which mm. I was meant to go to, by the way. I was meant to be casting at the Soul Homestand. Mm. Um, so you know, this year is going to be the bit. Well, I'm probably not going. I'm not even vaccinated, so I don't think I don't know yeah. if the casters will. I here's the interesting thing. I actually don't know it. This is not. This is me fully speculating. But you actually have like Brandon Sideshow in in Dallas. So I don't know if they'll be able to uh, go maybe. or not. Maybe that would be pretty cool. Um, that kind of aside, solving though, right now in the camera. Well, I dig it. Yeah, that's just that's just me trying to teleport to a homestand somewhere <laughs> yeah. engage the teleport as long as i sound fine look i gotta yeah, i gotta broadcast i gotta face for radio anyway or broke i don't know i just said broadcast 
Uh, so you don't. Maybe this is better. You can't see me. I mean, that's the actual this. corporal form of of an Illuminati member. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's actually get into uh back to June Joust a little bit in terms of the actual matches. So we talked, you know, so we, you know we went over how cool homestand stuff is, and you know everyone everyone likes that. You know, no one's going to disagree with that except for people that maybe can't make it there and they're a bit upset. Um. But uh, actual June Joust results, uh, we're not going to get, I don't want to get too deep into every single match and, mm. and the nitty gritty of all the results, but the main bits and pieces, the bullet points here for me are pretty much, if we start with APAC, um, Fusion got their, you know, got the boat moving. They got, honestly, they got their shit together pretty late in the stage, but they still ended up dropping a very crucial match to the Valiant that ended up booting <sighs> them out of running for the June Joust entirely. And, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can look at that because one way is like, you could just say they probably shouldn't have lost their first two matches in the first place, uh, which is true. You could yeah. say they probably should have just won an extra map versus NYXL or somebody in the first place while losing, which is mm. true. But given how the cards were on the table and given the circumstance they were in, even given though how the they map lost looked. those two, first two yeah. matches, they, out of the homestand while they're playing online, could could just go two and zero, which they did, but they needed to go six zero in maps, which they nearly did, and then somehow, at the last hurdle, this is literally like doing a hundred meter dash, and there's just like one pebble, one stone on the track, and you slipped on that, and you crashed at the last <laughs> meter, and um, you lost to the worst team, where they've only Valiant have only lost two maps this uh... entire season. One was Chengdu in their opening game, opening match of the entire season. And the second was now versus Fusion, which is incredible. So all Fusion needed to do was 3-0 the worst team in the league, and they'd be in the the knockout. And New York Celsius, what it be? Yep. Yeah. It's it feels like a perfect analogy, you know, that that old meme format of the, like the guy riding the bike and he just sticks like the pole into his own spokes and just flips out and like doesn't know why he just you know oh. nearly you know, died and crashed into a tree. Are you about to um, do the uh, meme from Despicable Me that were Groot's like, and then we three won the Valiant, and then we three won the Valiant. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, it's... Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a respect thing. It felt even on control that, like, they kind of came in playing a little, little bit aggressive. I, I wasn't entirely impressed with a couple individual performances. Um, oh, here we go. Here's the Reddit comment take. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Thresher gonna... player, come on. Get us a GM on the, <laughs> on the podcast. You Which know. player do you want to fire? Who do you want to bench? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, nobody, nobody needs to be benched. It just looked like they, they didn't necessarily respect the Valiant enough, um, or at all. It felt like they were just doing like really silly things that I felt like they wouldn't necessarily do versus other opponents. Um, we're and... specifically talking about the map they lost, right? Because the other maps they they just rolled Valiant as yeah, you'd yeah. expected them to. Like it wasn't uh, a close series. No, 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 they lost one map. It wasn't. But I think I, I, I smelt a little bit of it on control in particular. I don't know why that, that kind of jumps out. I felt like the tank positioning, especially on Nepal, uh, I think it was Village, um, really, really forward for like no particular reason. It felt like ideally they would want to play on, on the point itself, but they were kind of positioned on high ground and wanted to take these like really pokey engagements against a poke comp. And they're kind of playing this, you know, short range if memory serves. Like it, it, it didn't feel like they... Play, it, yeah, I, I didn't feel like they were playing against a, a, comp, a, like a competent team. Like they were just kind of, I wouldn't say they were styling. Like I, I didn't get that, but there were things or decisions made that felt weird, a little odd. Can, like I, you would, can I say that versus Valiant, that should be okay though? Because it should be. Other team, still three zeros Valiant with that. Yep. 
you, 100%. Like, if there's one team you can stall on where you can just like disrespect them and get away with it, it's and honestly, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if they got the 3 0 disrespecting yeah. them, which is probably what they should have been able to do, which w- yeah. was the expectation. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, I don't know if you want to go just yet, but I, I actually I can tell you, in my opinion, the exact rundown. I'll give you the as a color cast, I'll give you the play by play of what I what there I think we actually went wrong okay. on Numbani. It, it's not going to take very long um, because the map didn't last very long. We got we had a full hold into. A, a one cap on a right so yeah. there's not that much to talk about but there's i'm not going to get into the other maps because i think the other maps was just usual fanfare uh it's a much better team bullying a much worse team and the much better team can literally do whatever they want and they can't lose except on numbani because there are very specific things that happen on numbani uh you know perfect storm of events and it's numbani of all maps which is defender favored on a let's be clear about it faster well closer respawns on a and um it's just it's a kind of map where attackers can get really screwed in the vortex of losing mm-hmm. uh someone else brought this up on another town i can't remember exactly who it was but they said like i think they they're one of the na towns they woke up and like oh i see i see oh zp and he's like you know uh fusion lost and i'm like yeah they got full health he's like oh that makes a lot of sense actually because all that needs to happen is fusion lose a couple of fights on attack and then they've been snowballed and now them binding attack it just feels impossible which is kind of what happened because they hard forced the typical na lucio moria stuff on attack on numbani uh which i'm not a fan of not just because i don't like the comp but i think that that doesn't do well on numbani a because you can't effectively die you can't effectively get to your opponents unless you do some sort of situation where you force your opponents onto the ground you you brawl them on the point or you actually fast rotate onto them through the back of the map so they go at the back of the map they go through you know all the uh the hallways on the top they try to rotate around they spend that takes a minute by the way it takes a full minute for them yeah. to get that in so we haven't fought no fights happened yet but a full minute worth of rotating out the spawn and then they finally fight and they slowly lose that fight because you know picks coming on through milan run on the echoes is one of his good heroes he's going to get picks you know yeah, even if silver three feeds and dies milan run's going to get a trade there crystal's going to find a headshot which i think actually happened um and then the respawn advantage for a defender starts kicking in and boom valiant win a fight then they have then they have snowball momentum for fight two now they're also coming online just that much quicker than the fusion fights fight two happens fusion don't waste as much time they get into fight two a little bit quicker but you know this is where valiant once again they have that slight alt advantage milan run's going to get a pick crystal's going to get a pick respawn advantage kicks in boom two fights in a row now now if you're fusion you're you're like you're like holy shit we're about to get held because you've got about one minute left mm. and this is where fusion i guess in my opinion they start to get a bit sloppy and also you got to credit the fact that la valley i think clutched up pretty big uh the players that really needed to do stuff well did well silver three wasn't just getting instant fragged and he was yep. surviving Shou Cheng actually did really well as well i think Shou Cheng played fairly good he had some really good uh, moves on the diva to get control and boot people off high ground just 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 good disruption play on the diva i actually think he's one of the better players on the team um and before you know it there's a full hold there and that last attempt i believe was no was it last attempt there was one attempt in there from the fusion over three attempts overall one of them gave them 65 percent if they weren't going to cap it on that 65 percent they weren't going to cap at all and then they didn't and then valiant just needed to slowly work through um and not make any mistakes and they were good but even after the full hold you could still believe that fusion can just hold as well get a fuller hold and it's fine because like i said defender favored right but they fell apart and you know just a couple of crucial picks went the way of valiant uh, valiant which you know was bad fusion before you know it, the cap comes through the map is done 
and I'm molding out of my brain, but also I'm like kind of smiling ear to ear as well because I was like, I spent like half an hour to an hour before the show, like going through all the scenarios, like oh, this, yeah. this team beats that team. If this map goes that way, then this kind of happens, then that kind of happens. And I was like, you know, the scenario happened. The map actually happened. And I went all over Twitter, like 10 tweets. I'm like, this is what that means. One map lost has completely screwed them. They just needed to not lose that map. It it was so, and I, and I as you were talking, I was kind of looking back at, at specifically the engagement where they got as much percent as they did. And it was like you were saying, like wrapping around the point, kind of literally walking to the high ground. I think three of them get anteed. And they finally stage themselves to actually dive onto a target. But even then, they take so much pressure from, I think it's Crystal's Hanzo, that it was kind of actually an, an ace pick. Like, it was actually really intelligent because of how quickly you can just, like, reposition. Like, yeah, that initial dive might sting a little bit. You might drop a couple people. But your Hanzo's such in a safe position. Mono Shield is absolutely obliterated. Hanzo just feels like a, a Gatling gun against a, 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 you know, even a competent Winston player. Like there, there's literally nothing for that team to do. And they're just kind of like sat on one person when you have mercy kind of tra traversing the map so quickly, you know, going high ground, going low ground. Like it's not only just a defender's favorite map, but like the verticality really doesn't play into their favor. And, it, and that's kind of what you saw abused uh, on, uh, on Philly's defense in particular. I think they swapped to the Arisa to try and force them into fighting in the chokes. And then, Valiant comes out with like an Ash, I think it was Ash Echo, really kind of pokey, just pressuring them down. They force them to the low ground. And at that point, it's just like you give Ash high ground. Echo's already high ground as it is, but she can kind of rest on low ground for, for cooldowns and whatnot. And what are you really to do at that point? Like they they kind of just got checkmated. Mm -hmm. um, I that wasn't that never felt like, you know, hubris or overconfidence. It it really felt like they weren't. Are kind of out of sorts for that map in particular. They I think got you... outplayed. That's a legitimate outplay on that map. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They actually, LA Valiant actually just beat them fair and square on that map. I got, yeah. That's to me, that's the what it was. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it it sucks because I kind of it, it was it was the hope, right? Like the, after after three owing charge, which you know, to be completely frank, I thought was actually more surprising than them dropping the map here. I was I was kind of wondering what charge was actually going to look like i think i predated them um mm. stupidly enough but but them 3-0ing there it was like oh wow this is this yep. is a lock like this this should be easy like mm -hmm. valiant should be a 3-0 and then seeing you know that 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 nobani in particular it was it was just tragic and it's it's partly the map it's partly the meta kind of yep. shifting i think yes, screwing up exactly. a little bit of the practice like there's a lot of stars that have to align um for philly to even be in this position to hopefully get into the knockouts and then Yep. more stars align to kind of eliminate them so it, i don't i don't discredit them too much or I, I wouldn't throw too much shade but um yeah to, to what you were saying earlier avril like the fact that you could i think on control in particular i think the some of the positioning and some of the, the macro there was a little bit uh you know uh optimistic to say the least but I, the I fact that you pass them. only because it was versus valley and you can exactly you want exactly I, that's the only if they dude i promise you if they lost that map <laughs> i'd be on their ass as well <laughs> But I, I give them a free pass because I'm like, well, everyone plays this way versus the available. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. And they didn't actually lose. So this time it's okay. Versus any any other team, I'd be like, yo, you can't do this, man. You got to be mm. punished. Yeah. Uh, Yesuke, any final thoughts on that? Also, funny Astro teasing. Well, is he teasing? No, he has actually arrived in Korea. I do yep. want to move on to the other teams uh, for the purpose of time. But any, any final thoughts on Fusion before we go on to maybe Guangzhou Charge? Because Joe already brought it up. I think that's just a very normal uh, behavior under like violent hero pools. Like you, you just have like, 
let's say uh, the worst team in the league has never less than a 5% chance mm -hmm. to win a map, uh, especially under those volatile hero, hero pools, when we still haven't really figured out like what no. everyone should be running uh, in every single situation. So it's an expected thing. And they probably didn't screw themselves, as we said, uh, in the Valiant game, but in the matches beforehand, right? It's everything. Yeah, you, it's like screwing yourself early and then you have the ability to fix it and then you screw that yeah. up as well, sadly. Um, but the the real story would just be you just shouldn't have lost those first two games anyway. You shouldn't have me be in a situation where the Valiant could knock you out and then they did. Made for a great headline, though. Made for an oh, yeah. amazing Twitter headline and then, yeah, yeah. you know, watch point headline the next day after it was like, Philly win, but actually they lose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the best. It, it, for, the, for the purpose of memes, it was beautiful. Uh, Funny Astro is, as I touched on, um, in Korea now, so maybe sharing time with Toby, who knows. Um, I don't have any particular thoughts on that one, except for I wonder what's going to happen to both the players, because Toby's been integrated really well. He's also a leadership figure in the team. Um, oldest player in the league currently, I believe, as well, and Funny Astro is, like, generally regarded as the better player, though, and he's the, mm -hmm. the guy that's been on this team for a bit longer, and who knows? Who knows what happens? Um, uh, no real massive thoughts on that one. I uh, might skip this one just a little bit just to move on. Sure. But um, I guess the main thing is we, we won't know until we see. Um, but we'll I think we can all agree it's a good thing that Funny Usher is here. So it's oh, good, totally. but we don't know what's going to happen. So Guangzhou Charge, we kind of brought this up already, but they are still in a bad place. They are, they got 06, I believe, in the homestand, and they were live there as well. Yeah. Um, yep. And then, fun fact, they actually left like straight away because they didn't play in the All-Star event. Well, the players weren't live in the venue for the All-Star event. So I think they finished their last game. Just went home. And then they just went back to they went back to Guangzhou, obviously. So they didn't stick around for the third day, obviously, because there's no reason to. Right. And they play the All-Stars game with their players online. Um, hmm. Which makes sense. Like, I get it like, for, for a cost reason as well. Like, why stick around for an extra day for no reason? Um, they've also had massive coach change-ups. Arachne's gone. Neko's gone. Uh, they got extra from their academy team, uh, Ultra Prime coolest uh, team name i think in esports by the way just personally i think ultra prime academy just sounds fucking awesome personally really um you played a lot of with I, transformers didn't name. you as a child <laughs> no i i don't mind it i think transformers is cool for some reason like the whole branding behind ultra prime is really cool uh i i, I don't have that it's yeah, yeah. actually better than the guangzhou charge I, I i wish the guangzhou charge would just call ultra prime anyway um <laughs> They're getting their coach from their academy team, which is what Spark did. Spark got their coach mentalist from the academy team. That seems to have worked out quite well for them. Mm. Um, and now they don't play Mike Kelly at all. I didn't see Mike Kelly play a single map this entire homestand weekend. Eileen was in full time. Um, and forcing the Genji. So, so you know, Charge is still on their BS. They're still forcing Genji way too yeah. much. That's my opinion. And they just, I don't know, it's just a lot of struggles. They struggle in their coaching line. They struggle in terms of figuring out the meta and what they're playing, they're struggling in terms of their lineup as well because one of their players is just not up to scratch currently and not getting the game time, probably for good reason. Unfortunately, the recording broke off here, but I noticed about after a minute, nothing too much was said during it, and Joe continues still talking about the Guangzhou charge. Or maybe forcing double projectile in certain metas that it wouldn't necessarily be considered standard, but it, it's successful for them in a, in a bizarre way, maybe throwing in the Doomfist. I mean, obviously being kind of uh, skilled at that as well. Uh, you know, Tracer and, and Somber coming back next month is, is definitely going to be a, a big boon for them. But um, yeah, it feels like they have to have this big identity shift. I want to see them as as much as it's still kind of a thing with Chengdu, but I, I need to see more 
I'd like to see more identity from a lot of these teams, and I think Charge could be uh, a big benefactor in that like way. Like a worse Chengdu. Yeah, in a way. In a way. I, and, and, and I can't blame them, because they're still kind of finding themselves, and, like you said. And so like, much to me, changed. their roster, their roster is a lot of choice here, Juan. And he's, he's mm-hmm. taken over the roster in terms of, he's all over the kill feed, he's all the people talk about, and we just had this long discussion about, like, you know, one player isn't necessarily the team, and you know, if you if we can say that about blaming a player, you could also say that about praise on a player. Oh, There's totally. More going on, um, but it does seem like, and, and I've looked at stats as well. Choi Sehwan's up there, man. He's really outputting some stuff. Um, and it does feel like he's carrying the team quite a fair amount, even yep. taking those things I just said into consideration. So this team, right, and Kareem needs to be on Anna as well because. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. Like, to me, Kareev just hasn't had the same output on any hero other than Anna. Um, Charge are a very interesting team because they, they have a small roster, which is fine. I think you can get away with a small roster. Totally. You don't need 12 people like Kanjo Spark do. But, you know, if you're going to have seven pe- seven players, your seven players has got to be pretty solid. And as yep. it currently stands as well, you know, I just, Eileen can have some good moments. But it's it's like choice at one in the boys is kind of what the team almost yeah. feels like. Very much so. And, and they have names on there that you'd expect to be successful. And it's sad that, you know, players like Krong. Um, yep. I think I, I've been a big supporter of Rio for a long time. Like, I think he's a workhorse. Is he the best main oh, tank? In the- right on Sigma. When they played a little bit of Sigma, yeah. Krong was like, oh, Krong's back, baby. But then mm-hmm. they get off the Sigma, Krong was like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anymore. It's not it anymore. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's, they're a weird team because you kind of look at it at, on paper and you're like, oh, maybe they could be good. And then you look at the rest of the teams and especially how they've been performing. And it's, it's struggle bus city. It's, it's a shame. So again, hopefully they can kind of find an identity, maybe kind of as, as, you know, reductive as this might sound, kind of cheese their way into making yeah. playoffs. But it's, it, what a W is a W. Spend you know, a if off, you spend a year off in Europe, find your identity. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just trip around, you know, backpack, you know, soul search a little bit. Hopefully that's what we get. But yeah, it's, it's, it's you such a Europe, big ass. Also spend a year off in Europe. <laughs> I mean, I spent 34 years off in Europe and it didn't seem to have <laughs> changed anything for me. No effect. No effect. Thought, no, give no. it 34 times the amount of time to find your identity. Surely you found it 20, 34 times. Uh, no. yeah. it's, uh, it's the Obelix effect, you know? I fell into the pot early in life and now I'm just eternally, cha- eternally changed forever. Uh, any, anything from your end on Gongjo before we go on to maybe another team, real quick, as we move through APAC? I think the, NA to go after this. the weirdest situation for me is their coaching. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, even with those new announcements um, of Neko leaving and then, I forget the name of the other coach. Extra. Yeah, joining. It's like, is that the new head coach or is it just an assistant coach or, like, who is head coaching that team right now? I don't even know. I have no, no idea what's like, going on there. It's got to be an interim the thing. The only coach listed. Because the huh. only coach listed, and with him gone, there's only one coach on the team now. Yeah, for, for at least one, officially. Because they also yeah. let Damon go. Damon was the other assistant coach. He's gone. Right. By the way, this team missed out on a great meme where they could have said, yeah, we've got an extra assistant coach joining us, and they didn't do that. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so you go. there's some marketing. Uh, to, uh, you could get a tip for free of charge. But who's even out there that could be a... Uh, uh... Free, free of charge. You just described the entire APAC region getting free games or what? <laughs> 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 pretty much pretty much yep but is, is there any obvious one for you that could step be stepping in, in there like real quick 
I mean, the biggest, the biggest, and Joe's going to agree with this one for sure, I believe, uh, is the biggest, like, free agent coach is No Hill. Yeah. Um, but if, and who knows? Who I don't know. I mean, you can talk, you can bring up the dramas and some other yeah. BS behind the yeah, scenes, yeah, yeah. but outside of that, if you want to win, this guy's proven that he can win. So that's yep. all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, if we, if we ignore the other stuff that happens, it's not even big. Like, this guy didn't break any laws or anything. He just, he just said some negative stuff about Chengdu and that means Chengdu don't like him. Um, <laughs> and he got dropped by Shanghai and CC for that as well. Even I say he got dropped, but he's still affiliated with Team CC. He's still like a team advisor or something, even though he's, ah, okay. they had to they had to do you know do the show pony stuff with like oh yeah we're gonna drop him, but he's not really dropped. I don't know. I'm not gonna speak for the team. I don't actually know what's going on. So it would um, it would be beneficial. Out of context, it would be very beneficial if you grab somebody who's who's tested and proven that they can win. And then, you know, just saying, you know, maybe with the mother goose follows a little bit of a duckling, maybe somebody, you know, has a little bit of a hit scan, maybe somebody who we've kind of wanted to see in the league for a long time, maybe was on the Shanghai Dragons in season one, looked Uh, pretty good. I'm just saying, maybe Dia comes in, no hill Dia, could could be big. Could be the move they need. I thought thought for a second you were about to say Dia, coach. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not getting in the league, kid. Just just go straight to coach. Yeah. That's the message I was getting. Because um, <laughs> I think Dia did try out for, for... Dia tried out for all four Chinese he, teams, yeah. based on what he said, and he didn't get into any of them because they obviously made the choices. Chengdu went with Jimmy, Charge with the Mike Ailey, um, Shanghai went with Diem, and that's fair enough, man. Like, fuck, you're not going to get it it's over hard, Diem, probably. Yeah, no, for sure. um, and uh, who am I missing here? Spark? Spark already had two Shy and uh, yeah. Gosby, right? So they, that wasn't going to happen. And then he wasn't going to get into the other team. The other other team available is LA Valley, where he chose... He was maybe like, no, maybe we just don't go, go there. there. Yeah. As much um, as they so, might have liked him, but yeah. So uh, let's go on to a couple of other teams real quick. Um, for the essence of time, we're going to do these a bit quicker. So NYXL, rough patch through June... Jo- a rough patch maybe through most In of the general. season, actually. It, for a team, and you know, Yisker is the the absolute lord presiding over scrim bucks. And I I heard this as well, and I was well triply deep in the source for this one. But NOXL did super well in scrim bucks uh, preseason, and then never kind of showed it on stage ever. Um, and I had heard some stuff about you know maybe there were com- some confidence issues, yeah. um, mm. stage fright, even though they went on stage. But you know, so stage fright in terms of playing important matches. A um, lot of rookies on the team. Let's be clear. The team is like the opposite of Shanghai yeah. Dragons. Shanghai Dragons have got zero rookies. And we'll talk about maybe signing a rookie soon. But anyway, it's a team like that's almost almost exclusively rookies outside like Jonak and a couple of people. Yeah. So NYXL have been gifted an opportunity by LA Valley Infusion. And oh boy, did they squeeze lemon. They squeeze that lemon into lemonade. Yeah. It's again, I think this is the, my big narrative is like I mentioned at the top of the show, like this is this is a, an evolution. And I think NYXL got got really early to it and it felt like the spark had. We're just out of sorts and, and dealing with this. Everything has been kind of centered around, you know, Gusha in particular, but but NYXL absolutely just shutting down any kind of, you know, engagement opportunity or any kind of aggressive, you know, pressure that that any team kind of wants to do to them. Um, I think that should be taken into consideration, especially when we get into predictions. Um, you know, how how quickly this team has come in, how much how consistent they've been across the season. Is this, you know, maybe the the ignition, the catalyst to see them kind of really believe or or make their their scrim bucks coming into the preseason, you know, known and, and kind of respected, at least, you know, maybe what they've been mm-hmm. showing in practice, right? Um, I don't see that happening. I'm happy to see them finally kind of 
catch form. I don't know exactly how much stock I want to put into this. Um, it's it's they've been a shaky team because again, like you both said, like we've heard very successful, very very prominent things from from practice from them, and it's it's just really never translated to the stage. No, I think the meta does suit them. It's good that they kind of are. Not only did they have to, you know, it was kind of a, a miracle for them to get here with Philly dropping a map, but um, beating Spark, I was I was ready to write Spark into the finals. Like I, I published a piece, you know, talking up Dallas, and we'll get to them. But um, I was ready to write about Spark and be like, oh, here we go, Spark's gonna win it all. Like Shy's too good, you know, all these different points, and then they just look lost. And and credit to New York to finding you know this particular style and actually forcing them um to mirror them and beat them at that it's it's impressive and hopefully they can continue this form moving forward because again apac could you know use another team like this and and if they yeah. can again translate it, it it'd be good that's that's the one thing i where i gotta uh like defend the scrum bucks here a little bit because Yes, like if, if I go on Twitter and go like, oh yeah, finally rain, whatever, like Scrimbox, woo, like that's bullshit, right? Like I'm not serious <laughs> when I say this. Like the, the like whatever comes out of that, NYXL was good for more than one meta in the preseason, right? Like it's this, and the reason they weren't good in stage one wasn't because the meta was bad for them. It was because mm. they dropped spaghetti, like yeah. oh, yeah. the entire chokes. time. Like that, they, they are chokers in in uh, in many ways. And I can only, yeah. like, not to go far, too far ahead, but I can almost already see that coming this weekend. Like, if if these guys actually had to go to a, a oh, the pressure this weekend, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just not giving them a map this weekend, but by the by the mental fortitude that they've displayed so far in uh, in this season. So I don't know. Like they they are definitely. I think a lot has to do with confidence. Like maybe if they get a series rolling with a one zero, I think different about this. But yeah, like NYXL was always going to be a good team as soon as they figure out that that part of their um, performance. And in as far as that goes. Like scrum rocks will forever be true. Like it's, it's just yeah. yeah. I'll 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 tack on the scrum bucks conversation as well because I'm another person that bought heavily into them. This is not going to be a situation where I come in or anyone comes in and be like, yeah, well, see, uh, the scrim bucks were correct and stuff like that because it doesn't matter. The scrim bucks for me was all about preseason anyway. I did right. my power rankings for preseason based on preseason for preseason. I yeah. even put in a little caveat that says this is doesn't even necessarily have any bearing on the name mail or any future sure. stage for that matter. It's just like this is only at this exact moment in time for preseason right. who's doing well in scrims. That's literally it. And there's nothing else to do with anything else look look that. at this it's man using the word correctly of power rankings you know like yeah. everyone else full season power saying, rankings that's not even how it works <laughs> like, yeah. I, and by the way glads went four on they're looking better and all that kind of stuff and i yeah. predicted glads number one it's not like i come out and be like yo yo guys glads number one baby it's like yeah they were good in the preseason because they were dominating on dive um and then they had to figure their shit out a little bit later on as the meta yeah, yeah. evolved um, and so. it's not a prediction that's not me saying yeah gladiators win the whole overwatch league i'm not saying that i'm just saying who was good in scrims in the preseason that's literally it um rant right. on that over i'm happy to uh, to quickly go through shanghai and uh, hangzhou before we go into na because na beckons us um essentially 
you know, I I think Hangzhou, yeah, they got a bit of a wake up call. I think it's brutal to yeah. lose in front of your home crowd. By the way, oh. like that I I actually went and said that I I said this privately in my own Discord. I was like, yeah, you imagine how awesome it is, and this was before they lost. How awesome it is for the Hangzhou crowd where you get to be at your own home own yeah. team's and they're absolutely dominant. They're completely rolling everybody. The best team in APAC, only team undefeated, four and zero. It's like the best moment ever. You couldn't you couldn't be a happier fan. After that, the next day they lost. Um, and that at that moment you are like the saddest fan because it's yeah. like actually this is the most important game. They could have they could have lost to Valiant, which would have been awful, but they could have gone three one, lost, but still made it through to the knockouts yeah. and into the June Joust and everyone would forget about it. It's like whatever, yeah, it's a meme. But to then lose to New York Excelsior, who everyone had predicted they would beat. I don't think anyone <sighs> predicted New York to beat them no. unless you are the most die-hard New York fan who yeah. doesn't give a shit. Like, you will pred New York no matter what. That's the only person that thinks that New York actually was going to be Hangzhou. Um, speaking of Joe, I to be honest, I, I agree. You know, Shy was going to be too good, all this kind of stuff. And to me, the real falling apart of Hangzhou happened when I look at Dorado, and that's when I saw Hangzhou give up on their game. Yep. This is when Shy hops yeah. off the Echo. He goes to McCree. Arctic goes Echo. At that moment, I knew. I knew Hangzhou yeah, yeah. had given up on their plan. It's the white flag of the mirror. Right, yeah, the yeah, second you mirror flag, somebody, it. and then, then, then I was saying like he's got one more shot. Shy's going to go Ash here, and if you can't do it on Ash, mm -hmm. I'm done. And Ash is the hero that made him in this season so far. He debuted on that, and he pounded. And Godsby is like forced into forever bench because of that Ash. <laughs> Sadly, um, and it's just like if he can't win on this Ash, it's done. But I think the team was too boomed by that stage to, yeah. to get it done. Uh, you spent all your game time. With Reaper, Arctic Reaper, and Shy Echo, you don't just suddenly 180 that one and go back to what you did like a month ago. Um, it just wasn't that. That to me was the nail in the coffin. So, Hangzhou gone out of that. Um, a couple of quick thoughts on that one. Then we'll do Shanghai. Shanghai. Then we'll move on. It's it's so sad. Um, I think it was just kind of a complete just opening up. Like just just diffed isn't the right word, but the right words escape me. It was so shocking. I don't think I've ever been. It's been a long time since I've gone, you know, to bed, you know, degen hours, goblin hours, as as we, we are go. kind of uh, staying up for APAC. No, these no, days, you're just you. Yeah, okay. Agreed, agreed, yep. agreed. Am just to me. Um, but it's been since like MVP space beat Lunatic High. I've gone to bed like questioning reality. Like, <laughs> did I really just watch that team just get absolutely manhandled like at a macro level? Uh, Spark was just out of sorts. Like, credit to the players. I think they're still very good, and I hope to see them. You know, again, he'll be back. He'll be strong next stage. Yeah, but and, and I can I can see them being strong, but it's it was just so sad. Like you said, playing in front of your crowd, getting just again, just like diffed at like the biggest level, the macro level, just the compositions well, that you're running. No one thought you'd lose to. Exactly. Oh, one question I did want to ask you um, in particular, maybe maybe, you know, memory might not uh, play a play a gigantic factor, but I felt like IDK's brig um has just been like this this rigid pick for him all all june long it's it's so aggravating i don't know how he felt like he was getting a ton of value and i don't think that's him in particular just like locking brig and like just like taking it solo but like even at a coaching level like i don't know how that brig does a ton of good for that team just at like a big picture compositional level so i wanted to get your kind of thoughts i, I feel like uh, I, met, I heard you on cast talk about him like not playing I, enough mercy and pocketing uh, so a couple of things. I'll, let okay. me, let yeah. me, so what I said on cast was I said there was a specific mirror where I would have preferred if IDK mm -hmm. went to Mercy so that they can get higher value out of the Echo. And this was right. the Chengdu game. 
where to me it was like leave has been like to me the number one echo for a long time and especially this stage pelicans shaking that right now pelican <laughs> might, you know, sure we, we're not going to see pelican leave which pains me a lot i want to see that battle but the leave pelican are my one two right now what order they go on it's up to you to yep. whoever's watching when you can tell me in the comments um i'm not going to read it but you can tell me um and you know but but to me leave was going to diff shy and he was going to diff shy even harder if shy wasn't going to get pocketed and right. everyone's going to be like oh how is leave better when he's getting pocketed like yeah because you're supposed to be he's your best player he's the best <laughs> echo you're gonna pocket him why would you not that's just, well, that's just a ridiculous argument what are you trying to say here um so you, if you want to beat leave you got to get pocketed as well that's just that's just how it's going to be and idk they were i don't know if it was i'm gonna say it was a team i'm never gonna you know we just had this big discussion about individual players i'm i'm not gonna idk doesn't walk in here like exactly you know what mentalist no, I'm not gonna. I'm only to playing Brig today. I'm I'm playing. I feel like playing Brig, and I don't care. What yeah, about. that's not what RDK is doing. It's definitely a team decision. Uh, you talk to coaching staff about that one. I think Mentalist is probably saying they're like, you know, this map we play Brig, boom, done. Um, so he plays the Brig, and I think I think they got it. Doesn't give Shy the same level of support to succeed in the Echo role, which I think is hugely important in this meta. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that as well, I had some problems with his rally timings. I feel like he waits so long to rally sometimes. Um, you know, maybe this is a dangerous comment to make because some like pro brig player is going to come and tell me like, oh, it was fine. But from my perspective, watching the game, I feel like if he rallies about five seconds earlier, um, he's Reddit gonna, the moment. team gets higher value on armor. Huh? Reddit moment. He's trying so, to get. Yeah, us. I, 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 <laughs> he's trying to find his own hill. I'm just like, I'm just like, you gotta, you gotta rally a bit sooner because you. Yeah. I my favorite term in cast is saying pre-rally, and pre-rally means you rally before the fight. Right. Um. You don't rally during the fight. You rally before yep. the fight, yep. just as about to, just as about uh when things got to go down. Because yep. you want to have built up the full val armor value before things actually go down. Mm. And you just don't see that with IDK's break, in my opinion. So that that's why, what I was going on about uh, IDK at the time. Yeah. It, the the rigidity there, I think, really hurt them. And you know, in a weird kind of inverse way, it kind of makes Shy even look that much better because he's playing with so such little resources. The fact that you don't see IDK you know consistently finding the mercy behind him right like it's it's that much more impressive when you see people like leave um have all those resources given to him and still shy consistently can kind of compete maybe not the best maybe not directly comparable but to be able to put up the numbers that he's putting up with his little resources that's a special player all right um anyone surprised about shanghai I think that's uh, a pretty simple one. So Lee J gone set a league record for environmental kills and boops game that I casted. Super enjoyed that game. Um, <laughs> I I was just like, I think there's a call in there. I was just like, how many does he have? Yeah. I'm gonna check. Yep, it's ten. And it's just like, <laughs> I got the number for you. I got the number for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's like a that top five. Beautiful. The Overwatch League top five on YouTube. And the number one play is it's not even a play. It's all of it's all ten of Legion is the number yeah. one play. Yeah. Which was which was great. And then the then oh this is why Lan is so good, guys. And then the actual camera shot of him. Yes. And he's got the thumbs up, mm -hmm. he got Kisiaki like popping off on the side. Like he's like the guy, you know, when you're like you are doing like a, a live rapper who's doing rapping and then the other yep. guy's got the hype man in the background, the hype man in the background, <laughs> the hype man, he's he's getting the crowd going. Um I have no idea what they're saying, obviously, because I can't hear them, but um <laughs> No one can, because I don't think that would have gone out to the crowd. But yeah, it was just a cool moment. Like, what a solid move moment. And to just completely 
Def Soul, who, by the way, Soul played a really awkward comp. We, we haven't really touched on Soul. Yeah. We're not gonna, for the audience, we're not going to talk about every single team. There's just not mm. enough time. Yep. Otherwise, you, you're going to have like a four-hour broadcast uh, podcast here. Um, Soul's comp was not good on that map. Uh, oh. Like, what? What? Why are they playing? Why are they playing yeah. a May? It's so yeah. bad. We'll get to May. I got I got problems with May players, or not May players, but teams who pick May. Mm. We'll get to them. In a meta where May's not like the hero, this is not the oh. meta for May. You don't have profit on an Echo where that's like one of his good heroes. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about Soul for now. But Soul obviously got some more Soul searching to do because you know this stage is also just not it. I know, and I think Achilles. We actually looked at Soul and like maybe Soul can make it in. Yeah, Achilles. Soul maybe even you know going deep as well because previous to this match Soul were looking great at the actual homestand was good but then Shanghai came in and embarrassed them and so I, Shanghai to me now just like okay oh, this is the impact team once again yeah, yeah this is the, I have them to kind of not to directly lead into predictions but I think they are going to be the scariest team in this like Arisa comp mirror because of the threat of Lee Jagon you have to respect the hell out of that boy. You have to cover literally every single ground, cover all the hiding spots. Like he cannot effectively be behind you because of how much value they get out of those halts. Um, yes, it's map dependent, but irregardless, I think Shanghai has a lot to show. And the fact that you have such a weird tempo to play, uh, it, it's it's going to throw a wrench into so many people's plans. I, I, you know, just to kind of play that on the line. Um, Soul in particular, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more Roadhog out of them. I'm not going to lie, as goofy oh, as that composition oh, was, it was oh. just like, where did that go? <laughs> Barfing, dude. You got me wretching over here. <laughs> I think, it, again, it's one of those weird I, like identities that I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's good, but I think you can like drag people down a la Chengdu. I hate to just like beat them with a, you know, beat a dead horse, but having something that's truly your own that like you cannot practice for and, and pepper it in on maps that, you know, makes sense, or at least, you know, you have a, a strict game plan for it it could be successful. And it was, I was actually pretty disappointed not to see that um, in, in the same way with you guys and, and talking about soul advancing forward. I, I, I was hoping that they could have been that weird kind of Dallas fuel, like super identifiable stylistic team that, that made a stab in the playoffs. But fortunately they, they, they got caught by the, the meta evolution and apparently may was the pick for whatever reason. Uh, just low damage. May in the other games. Like oh, normal stuff and they were good. Like, yeah, I don't know. This is like, a Shanghai discussion, by the way. I don't know what we. Like, <laughs> there's such little to talk about. Just because control literally was just like, oh wow, yeah, this team's just built different. Like, you you can literally do no wrong. Like, if you want to keep Lee Jae gone back and just have him play normal, great. If you want to have him as a weapon, like playing as a DPS, setting up halt boops, cool. Do that too. Like. The the on off switch for that team moving forward, I think, is going to throw teams for a loop and make a lot of attacks just painfully slow. If you give them map control and objective control, have fun trying to get it back because you have to respect Lee Jae Gon to the ends of the earth and, yep. and just the threat of that alone, just like holding an ultimate, just showing that like you could do that at any time. It's. There's so it's many my, points uh, like that. It's my tactical crouch official hot take of the week. OK, boom segment. Uh, I think Shanghai have the best teamwork that I've seen in the league so far for this stage. Um, I'd say so. Truly do. They're, they're so active. Uh, and no, it's not just because Fate and Lee Jagon did halt boot combos. <laughs> it's not basic, but it's just like, that's not what it was. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like just how 
clear they move around the map, how fast they're at decision making. They're always active. I never look at this team like, oh, they look lost. They, they look like they're stalling. They look like they they don't know where to go. Like they're, mm. so, they're always moving around. They know exactly where to be. They know how to play this game at a fast level where they just bam, 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 snappy decisions at all times. Um, and every player on top of that is just good. Like Iziaki's having an insane season so far. EJ Gon just hit a, hit a league record. He's always been good in my eyes, even though those same plays he does, like I said, yeah. yeah, versus some other teams, if you get flashbang and you get, you get completely look like a feeder and that's why he does look like a feeder sometimes. So they got to work, they got to figure that out. This is the time where he doesn't feed at all. And it's just beautiful the entire way through. Mm. Um, the only weak point on this team and the other people will latch onto is fate. And even then I feel like, Fate's Arissa, like, yeah, gets it across. The, it's, it's a good pick for Fate. Yep. Um, and Arissa's really important in this meta. So I think Fate on Arissa, plus the rest of Shanghai being on the right level, they're going to, they are all going to be firing. Uh, and this is the perfect storm for Shanghai to succeed. So I'm really excited about Shanghai's chances here in the I just, tournament. I just wish we could see them like this in the regular season, like in the qualifiers, because it feels like they just are so uh, slow to things. Go. They plan to go three one. Remember, they got a dog. I curve. guess. I guess. I don't know if it's a plan or if it, they're just slow to adapt to a hero pool or the new patch. <laughs> it's it's so frustrating because you you don't really know. Again, to kind of you know touch on a point that we made earlier, like there's so few games, it's hard to get a read. But Shanghai consistently, again, this is the second tournament in a row. They they completely turned around. You look at week one in June, Shanghai versus now, it's a different team. It's really completely just. Everyone looked rough first week. When you got a brand new meta, I feel like everyone's just like, what do we do? Yeah, agreed. It's, uh, it's also like real talk. If you look at Shanghai at the moment, like you gotta, mm -hmm. that team you gotta observe a little bit more. But if we're talking about Eras, yeah. if they win this one and then qualify for the next one and get to the final once again and maybe even win this, this one, like currently, if we're talking about Eras, then. Dallas Fuel is in the, in the driver's seat of whatever yeah. narrative that is for you. I don't care about your American-centric idea of, like, only grand finals counts. Like, great value to promote there, by the way. Like, get lucky on one weekend of year, and therefore the entire rest of the year is validated. Yeah, okay. I guess Seoul was the second best team in yeah, this year. You Look at season doofuses. one for a, yeah. I mean, just, London made some sense at least. They won one stage at least, but like the, the rest is just like, I don't know. Like, imagine like actually having the ability to get Washington in there in, after uh, season two or season three mm -hmm. and them just like winning the league that way. Like, it's just, nah, nah, that's not, that's not, yeah, Good I team. don't like it. Like, I don't like it at all. Um, But like Shanghai... Like, they, they are just there, right? And they've always been there. Like, yep. low-key, if Shock isn't as dominant as they are, they are just, like, like that team all the same, right? Like, mm -hmm. think of yourself, like, you, you have the Mandela effect moment where, like, the San Francisco Shock are not a team. Then the Shanghai Dragons are the San Francisco Shock. They slot in. You have no problem believing that immediately, right? Yep. And you don't have Agreed. a problem believing it until now. Because they get into the final of the first one, and they once again qualify for the uh, for this one. I don't know, like this, just same Shanghai almost feels like. I don't think they um, they really slowed down much due to the yep. changes. Agreed. If anything, they look better. So 
Um, last thing to talk about for Shanghai is they've rumored to have developed coming in from Talon Esports and Shanghai are obviously replacing DM's role. They've already replaced Ursa's role uh, with Who Are You coming in, who, by the way, got to play a game uh, yeah. this stage already. He debuted versus Valiant, which is like, I mean, yeah, like, if you want to get a game to debut on where they, like, you can do whatever you want and win that was the perfect one so um cool uh, develop for anyone that doesn't know by the way i i cast him and cover him in contenders korea uh currently probably widely regarded to be the best hit scan dps in all the contenders korea there's a few other names okay. in there that are also very good i don't think develops the overall best play that title still belongs to proper in my opinion and proper's also got some great yes. hit scan picks develop in consistency wise and just what he brings um he's one of the list for a while he's a player that's um packing 10 had great things to say about Packington mentioned that developer was something that he was looking for to join the LA Valiant back in the day, but, um, you know, didn't end up happening for whatever reason. I don't know what the specific one was, but spoke very highly about developer and now developers in. Um, and, uh, the only thing I'll say about this further is that I don't know how they will integrate him when mm. Lip currently to me is like top two, top three hit scan in the entire league yep. on eye test. Definitely number one hit scan in APAC. Um, and I'll give NA some credence to say there's definitely players on that level as uh, you know that are able to do that. But uh, Lip to me is so good so often, I can't see any other hit scan taking game time off him. And I think, you know, getting this guy on the roster uh, for Shanghai just means who are you and developer probably benched until there's either a double hit scan or a double flex meta. And it's good to have that, that flexibility. Having those weapons in the bench definitely uh, can provide value as long as you know you can call upon them and they don't get too bothered by the fact that they aren't seeing starting time. It's 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 useful. It's, it's you can't understand it. Cool. All right, let's go on to North America now. Um, and you know, NA had a, a fair few shakeups this time around. Some consistent stuff. Obviously, Dallas are still right on top, as you'd expect. Uh, that it drop a game to shock though, so not a perfect stage. But as we've learned, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, shock, they shock is going to be a big talking point uh, for this part of the podcast as well, because you know, obviously we we got a Yiska storyline in his tweet, end of an era, and now that they've lost, uh, we can confirm whether it is the end of an era. There's Gladiators in there who had that four stage. Atlanta's another big talking point. Um, Justice nearly came back after a bit of a rough start. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's begin with. Uh, what, should we get into the best? Let's go to the best one first. Let's just start with a shock. Yeska, where where are we at? End of an era? Yes, no. Yes, because look at look at what Shock's era is. Right, mm. it's a team that from season one on uh, season two onwards, the first stage. They have not missed a semifinal, have participated in the majority of the finals, and of the majority of the finals that they've participated in, they also won those, right? Mm. They are not in the final four twice in a row. Yes, the game changed. Yes, there's more volatility in that. Yep. A, there's a team that current, or two teams that, are, that currently don't care about your volatility and have made it twice in. So there seems to be, yes, there's, there's some, you know, like, um, some residual doubt where you think, okay, it could just be variants that both of those teams made it in. At the same time, this is now how we evaluate um, performance in this yeah. uh, in 
uh, in this league, right? I don't, like, yes, if it's the three-peat, you will forever be known for the team that gets the three-peat. You will not be known, or should not be known, as the best team of 2021 if you miss, miss the next two as well. Now, yep. the end of an era thing, the best reason why this is the end of an era is, is because there are no er two eras running at the same time. By definition, that cannot be the case. So, there's two teams currently in the front running to have their, their stamp on it. If it ends up being Shanghai winning this, okay, we delay it and win this mumbo-jumbo where it's nobody's, like, real dominance time. If Dallas Fuel wins this again, this is the Dallas Fuel era. Very easy. This is half a season, my dudes. Like, yes, it has been, like, eight regular season matches and then some knockout matches. So these guys have played, like, 16 matches so far. That's it. And it doesn't sound like a lot. That's your new league now. Adapt to the changes. That's just how we have to evaluate performance now. It's just how it is. And for, for Dallas to do it again in that fashion, we just have to accept that their era is not predicated on absolute dominance every time. They start mm. slow. We saw the same uh, thing at Next. Same with the Shock. We, they start slow into a new meta. They mm. hone away at their uh, understanding of it. They come up with something new, also through the limitations that they experience, and then they once again are in the top four. They're once again in, at least in the semi uh, uh, I guess not, but they're once again in the, in the final four, right? So it is, if they can do it again, if they can actually legitimately win this tournament again, A, you're, you're smoking good stuff if you don't think they're uh, season favorites by that point. Yeah. And uh, B, that is then their era. It's half a season. It's starting. You don't miss the train for, for me. Please do that. Mm -hmm. If they make it to the third, third tournament, let's say they get to the finals here, possibly mm -hmm. win it, and then they get to the finals of the next one, they are the best team of the year. I don't care about your evaluation of grand finals. Talk about Dallas just for the people at home. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a weird like overemphasis on... Uh, playoff like season playoffs that yep. should not like be accepted that way like it's is this is this how americans evaluate like everyone does their best and then someone's lucky at the right time and therefore they're a billionaire and now we're all happy is that the value culture that you want to transport in your sports i'm a part of the american <laughs> I, I i don't it, it's it's it is kind of mind-boggling how how much impact is put on like that final push um, I think it's exacerbated in and you know esports in general, and Overwatch has its has its fair share of issues regarding that. Um, but I think I agree regarding Shanghai and Dallas and that narrative 100%. Like if either of those teams, you know, make the same kind of performance, you have to kind of give it to them um, regarding the current era. Um, but I I think I I caveat or at least disagree with uh, how we're evaluating the shock. Yes, they're less dominant. Um, this is a completely new team. I think they suffer the most. Um, if I had to be completely honest, it seems like they have moments where they do look very, very good against that Dallas team. Like they did confidently beat them in that mirror matchup, Dallas's style. They they kind of beat them, right? Like they mirrored yep. them and in, in, in out, kind of outplayed them in, in ways. Um, you get that team and then you get another completely different team. It, it feels almost like Philly of old where it's kind of like this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. And I think that comes from how little we see them week by week. Um, 
I think we'd get a much better read, obviously, you know, like you said, new format, adapt to it. But I, I, I'd caveat it and say that the era of dominance for the shock is over. But I think there's a minor asterisk that I'd put on it. I, I, I maybe call me soft, call me, you know, fair weather in some instances. But um, I, I'm not entirely ready to, to sell the stocks just yet. I, I think I think if given a couple yeah. opportunities, we can see the shock kind of bounce back in, in a big way. Well, you're you're in a situation where you're like, and you, we've seen shock. We this is like kind of shock magic aura they have around them from previous two seasons. What I can say is they built up two seasons of goodwill, right? Which means yeah. you're willing to be more lenient on them. I think if this was any other team, you'd be like, oh boy, so oh yeah, they're right out. Now. And yeah. you're starting, people are starting to feel that way. But there's still a level like, oh, I'm just gonna hold on to stocks for like maybe one more stage here, just see where it goes. And that was literally my thought. Like, you know, what I was gonna come in with was I'm gonna say, I was gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them one more stage mm. to see if they can be, you know, in the 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 line wouldn't even be. I'm not even expecting them to win that stage. I'm just saying, get to Hawaii first. Yeah, let's get to Hawaii and see what happens after that. Um, so I'm not even saying they have to win the next stage, and maybe that's just me being too lenient for the shock. But they built up two years worth of goodwill to to sort of get that. But after I think you know I'm I'm done giving them chances. I'm done but, giving them benefit of the doubt because that's fine. I'll warm up the toilet seat on top of my hill. Thank <laughs> 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 you guys. Good job. Whatever it was. Like you'll clean out that coffin on the hill that we all gonna die on. So, um, respawn point set <laughs> up top there. They're they're missing a lot, right? Like the the teamwork isn't there. It's not the it, what it used to be. They don't have the same level of weapons. Like. Glister yeah. is not. I got something to add there as well. It, he's not. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's. Yeah. You know what Krusty has given to this boy, but it is not the same player. No. I don't. I don't get it. Don't like up, at, yeah. there's there's times where I I like what I'm seeing. I, I see the player that I saw in London and and you know and yeah. contenders Korea and Apex and years old, but it's not. There's something missing. And I don't think it's just Glister either. I think this team in general is is going through like this weird yeah. adolescence. It's this people are doing stuff that they wouldn't normally do. Just communication feels like it's breaking down. I thought Smurf had a terrible yep. game against Atlanta. Um, just just I don't know if it's understanding or, or the meta shifting and them kind of getting caught off guard. It just it's so just it's team, tough. Their team has changed significantly. Like you yeah. gotta, everyone has to remember like this team. Yeah, it's got a lot of returning members, but it's got a mm -hmm. lot of new pieces. One, well, and, and when you have yep. a lot of new pieces, and, and this coaching staff changes too. Yep. Um, if for anyone, just I'm gonna clear this up real quick. Anyone saying like, "Oh, yeah, there was a coach diff," you know, clearly the three disciples of Krusty that left, and that made the difference. I'm like, we no one knows that. You mm. anyone <laughs> like you don't know that. You don't actually know what the coaches did or didn't yeah, yeah. do. You have zero clue. You are literally talking shit. That's not yeah, true yeah. at all. Especially uh, like the argument. Well, now those coaches also like sort of uh yeah drop the ball on their their respective team it's like guys like it's possible that several good coaches make it even better like they don't have to like all be able to do the same they did as one unit independently mm. on every other team and now we have five shocks in the league that's not how it works it's very e easy to see how they just benefited and covered each other's uh weaknesses which is, by the way, like a thing, for instance, like last season we were talking, I was talking to people and like they were talking about how Junkbug just instanced certain matters better than Krusty and covered the weaknesses yeah. there. Like yep. that's that's more likely to be uh, that Dude, nobody's it, a complete package, right? You could, 
describe this as greater than the sum of their parts. When you have all those coaches together, that's that to me was a shock magic because yeah. you had four coaches that could all cover each other, and we talk about nine K and whatever as well. But you mm-hmm. know, everyone, everyone, everyone covered all, uh, and we're good to go. But you know, then um, everyone's got to go out and do their own thing on their new teams. Uh, coaching aside, though, what I want to say about the change on this team is like is something I read today. Um, because you guys remember Fisher, the uh, the Korean main tank, who yeah. had a bunch of unlucky circumstances. But um, he he did a review of the shock, and something he said I, I definitely agreed on, which is that shock looked like a team where, based on the change in their team, they're not able to just you know make things happen happen with immediacy. There's more hurdles they have to get over during during the in game moments and. Um, kind of like the opposite of of Shanghai, where Shanghai just look like you know a well oiled machine. They yep. don't have, they don't look like they have to talk too much. I'm, I, that part has been speculating, and I only speculate on that because I don't hear what they're saying. I don't I don't I don't get any comms. But when I see them play and I see how fast they make decisions, I know something's working good in that comms. Mm-hmm. When I see shock and you know how 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 much you know how slow it can be or how indecisive they could be and other factors, um, there there might actually just be some comms errors in there it's something's going wrong in terms of you know what people's understanding of what they need to be doing in a team is i mm-hmm. think individually they have great players i don't know what's going on with glissa like you said he was also benched for a while um i think they got to work out what glissa's role on the team is because you can't i don't i think there are some heroes you want striker on but yeah i don't know that you want to be playing striker over glissa a whole bunch when most other teams are now leaning towards like you know just put kai on just get that ash in that gameplay you need the solid hit scan and Glista has to be your guy there. You you have started seeing you had Violet playing McCree. Like there should be no way Violet comes into place McCree. Yeah. He might be good at it, but he's that's not. That says that, a lot. That says that says a lot about your DPS players. If yep. Violet's your best McCree, when you have four DPS players and three of them have been known to play McCree, mm-hmm. you know it's it's wild. Um, they, I don't know what they're doing with Tyre. Who knows on that regard? Um, this is Bless like you know, I I describe. This is like. The parallels between this team and Shanghai are actually crazy in some ways. I'm not talking about just storylines, but the fact that they have four DPS per side, where Shanghai feels like they have four cracked DPSs, yeah. but like just Flitter and Lip are just too good to ever get benched. Mm, yeah. And Shanghai fine, but they have the extra guns. Here for Shock, it's like you got four guns, but you don't feel like using two of them at the yeah, best yeah. times. And yeah. sometimes you don't feel like using three of them and it's Striker Violet. It's just like, what's going on on this team sometimes? Yeah. Um, just then they're not, they're not clicking FD God is. This is not going to be me talking shit about FD God because, you know, after the conversation we had at the start of the podcast, but mm. yeah, FD God has admitted himself, you know, there's been some teething issues that he himself has to get through on this team and it's not quite there yet. Um, so, yeah, shock. They're out of sorts. Just, it's bizarre. Generally speaking, you know, it's maybe they had a high moment beating Dallas, but after that, uh, Atlanta maybe just exposed them in a way where you know, you look at Nero as well. Unfortunately, Nero has to go up against one of the best Echoes in the league yeah. currently, and Pelican really just owned that entire game. Kai and Pelican as a duo were just so fantastic. We'll talk about Atlanta in a second, but to end my thoughts on Shock, is just like, yeah, I think this team still just hasn't clicked, and they're still trying to figure it out, which, you know, might be really general, but I'll straight up say, you know, I didn't, I didn't get fully into all the NA games, but just on a more objective side, this is kind of what I'm seeing. No, I think that's 100% it. Um, I think some of the macro decisions, again, another team that ran May um, in maps that uh, really don't make a ton, or, or, or in, in situations that don't uh, provide a ton of value, 
I think there there is a thought process behind it. But again, to kind of you know echo what what Fisher was saying, um, the immediacy is not there. Um, I think in particular the Hanamura, um, where where Atlanta's attacking into them and they literally just throw three people and, and run this yeah. three three kind of split. Like it, it, shock just kind of froze and did nothing, and then completely snowballed from there. Um, they never got to build any old charge. They never got to you know compete for the map. They never got to control anything. They got scared. They backed up into a corner. They felt like they couldn't do anything. They already couldn't do anything. They lost the fight. It's, it's a wrap. Like that is not shock. That is that is strictly not the San Francisco shock that we remember from 2019 and and from 2020. This is the team that goes in and tries to be aggressive. And you see moments like that, but it's not the whole team kind of committing behind it. Um, and, and you have to kind of see that. I think again, the big big asterisk for me is that meta evolution. We saw Arissa kind of come in, and I think that's a big reason. Again, we'll get to Atlanta. Um, it, it, it's, it's a miracle that they got mm-hmm. like their wheelhouse to AT, um, to be able to play this and, and Kai playing extremely well. And you can't discredit that, but, um, I wouldn't sell shock just yet. I'm, no, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they can kind of come back. And this was just a kind of circumstantial, um, again, playing a, a team that is getting kind of the best hand possible for them, changing the game throwing a wrench into things maybe practice was going poorly and and just kind of affected them. so hopefully uh, they continue to be the consummate professionals and come back and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be a moron and sell when it's when it's low and i'm not yeah, exactly yeah so uh sunken cost let's what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna save discussion about dallas and atlanta for the actual preview of the tournament then because we sure. are we're gonna okay. move along to uh we'll do a combined thing on justice and glads right now especially glads who went four zero and Mm. kind of uh you know did they get maybe unlucky on their side because they lost to dallas maybe this is a little bit of dallas discussion as well but gladiators yeah. had, a, had a i would say a stage where they were expected to fall zero if they don't fall zero this one it would have actually been kind of weird they actually hit, that included beating atlanta by the way but maybe that's a different version of atlanta because atlanta didn't really step up to me like massively until yep. the actual knockout but gladiators came in uh, and looked much better but still ends up going down to dallas and then you have a situation where um and I think it's good to bring up the justice. And, you know, the, we could, there's a lot of teams in here. We're not going to get through them all. Uh, Mayhem got eliminated by the justice. So there's a little bit of, you know, mayhem conversation there that could be had. But essentially, you know, for me, justice, um, really rough start. Decay was missing. I don't know that this is just like the decay is the be all or end of the team. But at the same time, it's hard to discount the fact that when he did come back and you start to see the decay difference, even on the hero like Reaper, and then yeah. suddenly, you know, justice are connecting again, but it's just too late in the season for me the justice like when you go back and look at that paris game um they look so uncomfortable on that ball composition that we kind of started this this archetype with with like the the echo reaper and i think it was like mercy um i think i wrote it down uh regardless um they look so uncomfortable and it feels like it stems from mag like i'm not as comfortable kind of commenting um on particular wrecking ball play styles but i definitely see the the fluidity of somebody like gaga where he can kind of do this i'm calling it like the two-step wrecking ball engage where you kind of swing behind them set up then engage from like a, an off angle or you just like directly hard engage like there's two kind of there's just crossroads with with wrecking mm-hmm. ball players and it feels like mag in those first that first week of june could only play the two-step like it was it was very telegraphed and i think paris accurately punished it extremely well and playing very well um with those two weeks in the books, I was I was ready to see them kind of play this Winston variant where they could just take a Lucio speed boost, run somebody down, call a nabe, and just kill them. Right? It, it's 
it is kind of reductive, but it is simple, right? Like there is kind of a, a, an elegance to just running it down, just rushing somebody and brawling it out and kind of just deathmatching. Um, and that's what we saw. And I, that's exactly what I wanted to see for this team. Make it, you know, kind of keep it simple, being able to integrate Decay. It, it sucks that we don't get to see them in the knockouts or at least, you know, going to Hawaii because I think they could maybe adapt and throw in some Arissa. Maybe the practice wouldn't have been fantastic just because it's so late and they're practicing other stuff earlier in the month. But it was it was so rough to see them early on. And I think they did pick it up and that's fantastic. And it's not like a team that we can kind of completely write off kind of like the glads at this point um still have some juice in the tank so again excited to see the justice i think they they adapted and kind of regrouped very very well so credit to the coaching staff yeah no i the thing is okay where where do you guys I, i'm i'm interested because in my mind like there's no way this is not connected to decay right like for the justice in particular I don't think it helped. I wouldn't say it's 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 like a soul thing. I'm not saying that's exactly what you're saying. I I feel like it's almost a soul thing. Really? Yes. Like I feel oh. like this is this is a. It's not that he necessarily has to transcendentally carry like he did uh, in previous teams. Therefore, like sure. his his team is just too too good for that 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 kind of a performance. You know, almost like deadlifting type of things happen yeah it's like a confidence thing for you i i just think dude like if you have the probably the hardest hyper carry in the history of the overwatch league in, in the at least in the last two seasons sure and I he's not arguable. in it's a difference of pace it's a difference of confidence and it's a difference of outcome like yeah. the the magic that we are now missing for uh f from shock that aunts used to deliver decay yeah. always has that stuff he always pops off in that way. Like, this kid has so few off games. And honestly, like, dude, if, if Decay was in the Overwatch League earlier and he had a more solid, like, team and, or, like, a more solid career in terms of the teams that he joined, he might as well, like, I might as well be simping for him as I, I, I am for a profit for the most of the time, right? Like, yeah. I think, like, if you, if you talk about highest talent in the Overwatch League, most talented player, there's only, like, three or four names you could realistically mention. And Decay, for my money, is the, the most talented player we've ever seen in Overwatch. Like, yes, you could say Violet, even though I think there's a lot of grind in there, and now I'm also, like, sort of wondering where that's going. You could definitely say Alarm is a name that pops up for me, Fleta is a name, sure. but, like... At the end of the day, what like decay in many ways is the new flutter. Like what what decay did on Dallas is not that unlike Flashlocks. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. In in a different world, it's called the I call it the decay deadlift. Basically, yeah, it's even an alliteration, you know. Like it's it could have worked, but yeah, I don't know. I I I'm I think I'm on the ATIQ. Point, point of the distribution where I'm like just play decay lol with a caved in hand like <laughs> that's that's my take here I, I think it's it's almost a transcendental difference and I think we will almost reliably be able to observe that throughout the season whenever 100% it, it and it sucks too because I, I I do like Jerry I think he is you know relatively above average when you can kind of compare him to the rest of the league um but 
I think I'd be lying if I said that the Washington Justice had the same kind of lethality in these team fights where maybe they, they come back from an early pick or they just explode onto a team and, and just absolutely decimate them or find picks that they should be getting because of decay on certain heroes, right? Like there is a sense of just a superstar player that is missing. And yeah, it could be a confidence thing. It could be a pace thing. Like there is something to that where you don't have it's, your star in. It's hard to discount the fact that, you know, this is like, I hate to speculate, but it's hard to discount the fact that, you know, when he did come back in, the Justice yeah. were, you know, they looked like a reinvigorated, because there's more running behind the scenes. It's not just like, oh, the case in time to win. Like, obviously, <laughs> as a team with the coaching staff and everybody, they would have worked really hard behind the scenes, you know, during their small break between their 02 to then, you know, getting some wins on the board again. Mm. Um, not but, just an 02, right? Like, it's like, they went, like, valiant to almost shock beating yeah. real quick. Like, that's... They were bad that's why i'm saying it's like that's why i'm saying it would be like a pepega tech that should be like oh yeah decays in so they win like it's not yeah. just that either yeah. but you also can't discount the decay coming in would have had it some factor in mm -hmm. it. uh I, i'm gonna finish up by saying like it's i don't know it's hard to comment just because it's so speculative what's going on behind the scenes my own speculation would be that the team probably uh this is again i'm no no source and this is just what i'm speculating is that the team likely did actually believe Jerry's hit scan was on the level where he, he was going to start. And then they, they benched the K for Jerry and then they started to change it up. I also say that like, as far as, as, far as carrying power and superstar power goes, like Reaper's not the pick, man. Like I don't know, Reaper's uh, no. probably not the pick that you want to like hard carry on. So yeah, there's just some, there's just some there, uh, stuff there going uh, both ways. We're going to move on to the actual June Joust uh, preview re or yeah preview re uh, expectations predictions stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about some of the other teams. There's way more teams in NA and Overwatch League in, in general that we're just not going to have time to to go over. So just going over the bullet points of you know what teams, especially the ones that kind of made it towards the end and how those went. Um, but you know maybe maybe in a future episode we'll be able to go back and you know go over some of the other teams. But for now, I think actually moving through the June Joust bracket is going to be quite interesting because you have Dragons, Fuel, Rain, Excelsior, and we're also going to be talking about our own pickums in terms of you know who we think is going to be making it forward. But for my money right now, I'm big on Shanghai Dragons, um, but I am concerned about where they fit in this versus I think the Atlanta Rain. You you might have thought maybe the Fuel. I, for some, well, not for some reason, I'll tell you the reason. For me, Fuel, I think, have a strong aura about them, and they feel like a team that is just going to be able to force something and make it work in this current meta, and the, the two metas between APAC and NA are going to crash, right? But to me, Dallas don't have the flexibility. Mm. And I remember, I, I've seen some texts, but like, oh, Shanghai don't have, they, Shanghai don't look like they're flexible because they're not playing the Moira Lucia. It's like, because they don't, because they don't have to. Because yeah. they, they're playing the highest skill ceiling comp. They're playing, you know, the actual DPS-centric comp. They're playing the Annas and stuff like that. They're playing the type of comps that aren't just the kind of, I hate to say it, but like the easy composition. And yeah. I, look, I've talked to people that part of the reason why Lucia Moira, um, is a composition start to really get some traction is because it's easy to execute and when you have limited time to get a meta to, to figure out the meta and get stuff going and you only got four games to figure it out you got to play what works and what works early you got to just you're gonna you know get the ball rolling i think dallas had some hand in determining what NA meta was going to be because they were the mm -hmm. best team coming in and other teams are gonna i'm not gonna say that teams copy them necessarily but they were hit would have been somewhat influenced by dallas some heavily some less so uh, but when the best team does something and, and they're winning because of it 
hell, you might go along there and Dallas play that comp because it suits them the most because they don't have a hit scan. Pine's not here. He's not going to be here till next stage. He's playing in the 1v1, but he's not going to be playing in a single game in the actual June Joust because I know fans have been like, oh, do you think Pine will play because yeah. of the ping difference won't yeah. be as bad? It's like, no, he hasn't, he hasn't scrimmed with them at all. This would be an off time to introduce Pine. Dallas, they're currently doing something that works for them and they're going to keep doing it until it doesn't work or until they lose. Um, and I think that might happen here. I think Shanghai have a better shot at winning June Joust than Dallas too, simply because if if I don't know how much Shanghai practice Lucio Moy, but I don't suspect they'll need to. I think they're playing their teamwork is looking phenomenal, their individual mechanics are looking phenomenal, um, and they're playing the highest skill ceiling composition anyway that really you know has the higher output. And when you start to see that clash of metas, um, and it's not just because I'm APAC caster and I'm more you know, aligned <laughs> with APAC in general, although no sure. doubt there's going to be some small part of that. I just think the APAC meta looks, you know, from a skill perspective, um, way too powerful. And and there's no way a, sh a smart team like Shanghai with great decision-making is going to fall prey to just, like, having your main support dived every fight yeah. and just not doing anything about that. It's... I, I think it's tough because there's a lot of, like, narratives um, that I feel like have some basis in analysis, right, um, that are kind of colliding here. Um, when you look at the ease of execution versus like the more skilled comps, I feel like the more skilled comp is the Arissa, the very slow style. It's kind of what I expected to see kind of coming into this hero pool. It's actually surprising that it's taken this long. Um, but I think that evolution has, has been so late that I am questioning a lot of these teams, literally barring Dallas Fuel, on how well they'll be prepared versus, again, the best team at this particular style. When we look at, you know, the, the, the history of Overwatch, it feels like there's a repeating, you know, uh, point to be made that the team that is the most realistic, that is the best on the day, is the one that kind of advances, at least deep. Won't say win, but advances kind of uh, deep into the, you know, the tournament and, and performs very well. Um, and I do see that with the, the Dallas Fuel. Shanghai, I would agree that I think they're going to be the best team at this Arisa Mirror. I, I think they have so much going for them with Lee Jagon being an actual weapon, right? They, not only do they have Lip, right? Let's let's look at the little lineup of weapons for this team, this arsenal, right? You have Lip, who can play pretty much everything, who who arguably looked like one of the best tracers in May Melee. Now he comes in, looks fantastic. Fleta, I don't think I need to speak too much on that. You have Izayaki, who's just pounding on any carry you kind of put him on. Having, like you said earlier, having a fantastic season. Um, and then Lee Jagon just being such a utility for this team to be able to just threaten in the, in, in particular on Arisa mirrors. Um, I, I do not think it's going to be close if they play teams like NYXL teams like Atlanta. The issue that I have is the fact that they play Dallas fuel early. If you lose to the Dallas fuel early, you have to play through. I have them playing through the lower bracket. I have Dallas fuel winning three, one against Shanghai early. And then you go into the losers final, right? You have to play back to back. So you have to prepare for two completely different styles. If again, if memory serves me, correct me if I'm wrong, YouTube comments, please do. Um, so you have to play against a completely different style, a completely different tempo, different heroes. Like I see, I see where Dallas can be fallible, especially on Escort. When you look at maps like Junkertown, Rialto, Dorado, you do need a hit scan there. Like it is not, it's not a question. You, you cannot cover that much ground. You need somebody to sit back and, and kind of plink. They're finding relative success with some genji i wouldn't be surprised if they knock out a farah especially on dorado with the old you know wraparounds but that's where i see dallas being fallible direction yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll let you finish in a sec but uh you don't play back to back on the final okay. you play Fair you enough. play uh the finals on its own day good that's that's oh, yeah, definitely yeah 
That's good. That definitely, with, with that in mind, continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely provides a boon to Shanghai because if they had to play back to back, that those those two different styles, it, it's such a big ask for them to be able to you know play back to back. But the fact that they're not definitely plays into their wheelhouse. Um, I still rest my laurels on the fact that this is a Dallas Fuel team that has a lot of momentum going forward. The fact that they're last champions, the fact that they're coming in with a very dominant style, the one that they're the best at, and you have three other teams that are prepped very similar compositions i feel like shanghai is the other team in the final i think it's going to be a repeat of may melee i just don't know if shanghai is going to find enough practice as much as i i would agree i said the same stuff last year or not last year but last month right i respect these coaches i respect these players enough to be able to beat this you know what they're coming in with you should be able to beat it it didn't happen last month i don't know that it's going to happen this month do we have your bridge by the way on i don't know if we can get that on screen or anything do we have uh um to kind of run yeah brief bracket rundown i have new york going oh three versus atlanta i this is a style this is a confidence clash i have atlanta you know being this kind of abrasive super confident almost hubristic team versus on a screen or who's who's that that's everell's Oh, that's mine. I don't think okay. I don't right. know if mine are up. My pickums has been weird, but I'm just well, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave mine out for now because people okay. get confused with Joe's face there and my pickums. <laughs> um, just go go through pickums. I'll go through mine in a second, or we can do them whatever order uh, okay. while we talk about our our thoughts and, and ju- our justifications on why the, we, they go that way. So, um, mm. you've already kind of justified your thoughts, but like just go through what you just think the bracket. Happen. I get you. So the entire bracket. This is the way that I have it. I have New York going 0-3. Um, to Atlanta, Atlanta advances. I have Dallas Fuel winning 3-1 over the Shanghai Dragons. The Dallas Fuel advances going to the losers round one. I have the NYXL dropping 0-3 to the Shanghai Dragons. Dragons advance. Um, winners final, I have ATL going 1-3 versus Dallas, taking a map, probably escort. Dallas advances to the Grands. Uh, ATL loses to the Arisa Mirror versus Shanghai. A lot of the same reasons I mentioned earlier. Shanghai advances to the final. Dallas beats Shanghai in the grand final 4-2. That's my bracket. Yeah, uh, not that different. Do you, you, you next, Jessica, or should we go with me? I don't know. I, um, you go ahead. So, oh, I already brought mine up. Um, we'll, so, it's pretty close. I'll justify it as we're talking through it. But I agree with you on the New York Atlanta rain part. I think New York have been gifted a yeah. uh, real huge you know, opportunity to get into this tournament. But I just, I don't know. I need, I haven't seen enough. They beat Hangzhou. Mm-hmm. But I, it doesn't, it doesn't give me enough just yet. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, you know, see if they can do more damage. But Atlanta are looking really powerful at the moment, um, and I have a lot of confidence behind Atlanta coming into this, especially just how good their DPSs are, notably. Um, but this is also, this is a team that's shown multiple colors as well. Atlanta has shown the capability to play uh, typical NA Lucian Mori stuff, but they can also play. You know, some double shield, and they can play the Gator Rish. The Gator Rish has been pretty mm. famous for a while. And then on top of that, you Kai Pelican are just they're mega strong. Um, Dallas Shanghai actually have Dallas winning this one first. Uh, similar to you, I think Shanghai. I think Shanghai come to the low bracket and win this tournament. So, okay. Um, Dallas beat Shanghai, but I think it's going to be close. And you know, maybe Shanghai. This could be some you know figuring out what what teams are going to do. Dallas, a type of team that make you play their style. By the way, Dallas is the type mm-hmm. of team that make you play into their game. It's kind of like the opposite of Chengdu, where it's like the same in terms of they make you play the game, but Dallas is just like the type of team that makes you play the game at a, at a, at a point where they're the ones winning. Instead of like, we're going to play Torb and you got to play against this Torb. It's more like, no, we're going to force <laughs> this particular minute that we're winning on because we're dominant, and you got to f- figure that out. And I, I, I will, I'll say that Shanghai don't figure it out in the first game. Mm-hmm. We go to winner's final. 
um, where Atlanta, I have beating Dallas. Um, you got to be surprised by the result. Um, I, I don't know. I'm 100%. I haven't locked in. I might change that. I might give Dallas more maps. But I think Atlanta, to me, have a stronger read on what I perceive is the stronger meta in terms mm -hmm. of your DPS output. I think Kai Pelican will not be stopped here. I think Kai Pelican outperforms Sparkle Doha by a crazy amount. Pelican looks better than either Sparkle Doha on, on Echo, most important Agreed. here, most important DPS in the meta. And, and, and on top of that, Kai is just going to be untouched. You have no pine on this team. You have no hit scan. You, you, don't, you have nowhere to deal with Kai whatsoever unless you just straight, like, you know, good booger, smork dive there. <laughs> and, and I think and I think Atlanta are going to be ready for that. I think Atlanta, they understand how Dallas are. They, they've... They play in the same region, probably have scrimmed them, probably have experience with Dallas. They they know Dallas. They're not going to be a they're not going to be caught off like Shanghai mm -hmm. won the first game. I think I think Atlanta will have Dallas downloaded, and that's why I got the three zero in here. I think Kai Pelican <laughs> will not be will not be touched. Kai especially will not be challenged, and Pelican's a better echo. Uh, where they will be challenged is on the other on the other positions, but I think specific meta wise, Atlanta have got it figured out. The only way Atlanta loses if Atlanta give up on that and they just play like you know some reaper stuff and they play like they try to mirror them lose the mirror. if they try mirror yeah. i think they lose so i'll be really upset if they try mirror <laughs> um but that that may just go to atlanta that stage atlanta threw not me i just i made my pred based on them playing um echo ash okay mm. that's my caveat they if they lose them echo ash versus dallas i'll shut up but i think they're gonna win um shanghai beat new york same reasons i don't think new yorker just uh, good enough in this tournament um and shanghai looking too good I have Shanghai with a 3-0 versus Oops. Dallas as well. And the reason why I have that is because, first of all, Dallas will have to play the loser's bracket in the same day. So, so, yes. so does Shanghai, to be fair with you. Um, but I think Atlanta exposed Dallas. Shanghai learned from their own loss versus Dallas. And then they mm. also expo they exposed Dallas even harder by going down the same road. Lip Flatter, too powerful on the DPSs. Lip will not be touched on the hit scan. And once again, Dallas not having Pine, they're going to get exposed for not having a hit scan. Um, and then it's going to be Atlanta Shanghai Grand Finals, where I think Atlanta are going to do super well. I'm backing Shanghai because I think they're the more well rounded team that have figured it out more and have better team play. But I think Atlanta are going to be good here. I think Atlanta don't go home without taking some maps. Wow. Okay. I like so this. I got a, I got a, I got a bit going on in terms of how I think the pathway works. Sure. Hmm. I like it though. I'm excited. ATL has the confidence. You know this team's coming in feeling real good. You saw there that the it was it was beautiful to see them kind of pop off with those player camps. It was it was, it was nice to see. I think they're deserved, you know, finally a, a tournament run. So maybe they could do it. Yeska's yeah. Pred's on the table now. The Pred look before actually before we do that, can we just say Yiska is like third equal globally for Preds right now? So Yeah. Whatever Scrimbuck's paying off. Probably, that's just probably the real god pred, whatever this is. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I there's a chance I will probably like shift some map scores around. I feel pretty good about tendencies, even though you will see like the Atlanta Dallas game. I don't hate you having uh mm. Rain win that uh win a bracket final. My thing is I think the day, the, the fact that there's a day between the first round and the second round is large. Like, Dallas yeah. can definitely just, like, after their match against Dragons, just sit there and download that uh, VOD from, from the match against the NYXL. Problematically, they won't be proven, uh, but, like, tested much. So you won't really see the pressure points as much um, uh, in, in the match against the NYXL. But the ability of that team to adapt to those situations seemingly on short notice is pretty incredible. 
Um, so yeah, I don't hate having uh, being um, being high on Atlanta. The thing is, in my in the back of my mind, I feel like. It, Despite what I said before, like I feel like there's a possibility where NYXL just catches like catches wind, and therefore it like beats them in the upper bracket final. Like they, that's the annoying part when you have a not that good team in a yeah. uh, NYXL. If you have a team that's not that good in a knockout bra uh, bracket, there's still uh -huh. a possibility. That this sure. they will deliver once, either in the upper or lower bracket, and will just ruin your experience. And <laughs> they are experience ruiners, dude. Like, I can f already yeah, feel it, that I'm molding, that I'm not winning Preds because I didn't give them a, a match or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, other than that, <laughs> I, I mean, I, more so than the correct Preds, I feel the pain from the one that I didn't get, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's really yeah, the one that haunts. Like so... Then, the, th the thing is, like, the winner bracket final is tricky. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they will meet them and on equal grounds. I think that would be stupid. I also uh, think... Put it on screen, by the way, if you can. Yeah. There it is. Um, I think, like, if there's a team that has the ability to just, like, circumvent or uh, patchwork around um, the, the, the whatever the arguably best adapted team to the most dominant meta composition currently is. I would agree to that, that that just because DPS seems to be so important and Echo seems to be so busted when Tracer and stuff is banned, that this is a really dangerous team. That said, I mean, statistically, honestly, Fleta isn't much worse um, than, than the other Echoes in this tournament. So... I feel like this is harder to predict than Maymili even was, and I didn't get oh, yeah. much but the, the final correct there. Um, I feel like the final, once again, if, they get, if those two teams get through the final, I think it's once again over for the Dragons, and they probably won't have a chance. Like, you don't want to get Dallas Fuel in the best of seven, basically. I think that's always going to be an uphill battle for you this, this season. This is, this is just a team that has for a long time now proven to have the ability to ramp up uh, from a bad start into a really powerful finish, right? Mm -hmm. By unorthodox me methods, mind you. True for Next, true for May Melee, true so far, as so far we, as we can judge by June Joust. True so, historically. Look at LMMS. Right. Doing their own thing. Right. So... I don't know. Um, in my mind, uh, okay. You have an objection. In your mind, in your mind, fuel are going to take this because of all those factors you listed. Yes. Um, I, Joe, before you come on, I've got some counterpoints. Sure. Real, real talk right now. This is going to be another hot. It's not a thing. It's even that hot. Let's I go. think it's just true. I think fuel are a bit of a one-trick team. Oh, look at their comps. Well, yeah. All right, did I add an S on that? Let me take that away. Look at their comps. <laughs> um, that's well, I'll have you know they played uh, Aritha and Junkrat on one the Temple of Anubis. Uh, like, okay, yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I projected is... myself into the YouTube comments there. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, how I, I don't see. Look, the Lucio Moira would have to be the god meta. It would have to destroy every meta to the point where Shanghai have to mirror them. At that point, 
I got you. I got you. Feel win, 100%. If Shanghai mm. has to mirror that comp, feel win. No doubt about it. They are the best team on that mirror. There's, there's, no, there's no arguing me out of that one. But I just don't think it's going to be the case. I think ATL and, and Shanghai expose them on, on that. And they, they have no flexibility. How do you want them? How do they? How do they make a long seven map series go? A, a, a first to four go when it's just like, oh, Lucio Moya doesn't work. Uh, doesn't work. Do we have a second option? Oh uh, no. Okay. Well, I guess we lose then. Is is there? I'm sorry. Is there another composition we can play? I guess not. I guess there just isn't. Whatever. Um, and that's that's literally the end of the story. I mean, it's yeah. Like you, you, they cannot play hit scan. They cannot play hit scan. It's not going to happen. Like they just, they will not. They you're, you're, and you're about to tell me, oh, they, they they'll work something out. They'll bring out a Symmetra, or here comes the Junkrat again, or some other thing. Oh, they'll bring out a Torb. I'm like, if that's all worse than, <laughs> than High Pelican fucking you hard because they're both great players. It's, every option they have is going to be worse, except for bring out your own top tier hit scan, which they can't. Agreed, agreed. And I think that's, and that's by the way, why I'm, I'm not, giving... not 100 if that's true either. Like, if it, theoretically speaking, I mean. Okay, I don't know in what condition Pine is in, but theoretically uh -huh. speaking, if you ever wanted to play him in a, in a match, that would be this weekend because the ping is feasible. Okay, they, okay, they would have to you bring, have they would have to bring out early. They would have bring him out. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll say this much. Sorry, I know you. I know you want to talk about. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. If if they bring out Pine, it would have to be early, and there had to be integrated strategy. If they mm -hmm. do it out of desperation, like oh, we have no options. Sure. I, I guess all we can do is do the Hail sure. Mary Pine. Yep. They've lost. That that is. Agreed. 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 That's yeah. the nail in the coffin. That is like that is like Hangzhou Spark saying, oh, I guess our team plan doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Into the fan. Time to time to have the shit hit the fan. Bring in Pine. Like that's not gonna save yeah. you. I'm sorry. It's I'm, not. I'm a little confused by you guys saying they have one comp. Didn't they very? clearly change up their playstyle already across the cycle like didn't they almost uh, is it not basically canon 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 i'm not sure canon, i'm german yeah please it's, please, it's please, please yeah, yeah. you're good you're good um that they saved strategies for the knockout stages what strategy are they going to save uh, what, what strategy remains here time the one I mean, thing this is, they have. This is the showmanship of Rush that I totally believe you can't, would you be can't feasible. I just say they're saving a strategy. Like, this is there's a finite number of strategies yeah. that can be, unless there's something in here that no other team has figured out in this meta. I'm talking, it's not it's not Lucio Moria. It's not a guy. Yeah. It's not double shield. It's something totally different. Like, they're playing some Metra Torb, and that happens to be the god meta that no one figured out. You well, kind of already pounded on Doom, right? Like, teams in the league, and that's... one team got it only at the end, and they didn't even bother using that in the regular season for some reason. Yeah. And they only decided to bring it out now, and that was the god comp. What, they didn't use the god comp until now? Come on. That's, that's some anime storyline shit that, like, isn't I know that the protagonist... It doesn't <laughs> have to be god comp, it just has to be the comp that helps them the most, right? Like, they... What what like they didn't win uh, May Melee with the best meta composition that was available, just with the one they could play. Agreed, agreed. But it is so different though, like the 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 high skill ceiling, like Arissa base, you know, very slow, almost bunkery, sure. um, with with double shield elements to it. If you so chose to run that iteration, there's a lot to 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 love there. Can I clarify? I I. And predicting based off the cap, based off the expectation that Lucian Warrior mm -hmm. fails. Yeah. Because if it doesn't fail and Shanghai have to match, I never said this, Shanghai lose. Yeah. And Fuel win the if Fuel, if Lucian Warrior is the god comp of this meta, they win. Just pack it up. They're, every other team yep. has done. No team in the league 
played 19 matches in a row for you all just win that merit okay fine i'll give you that but for that to happen lucio has to be the god comp and i'm saying i don't think it is that's that's all i'm saying does the ease of execution not sway you just slightly tournament day uh maybe a little if, jizzers only if other teams don't execute and i think shanghai level where they fucking execute right now they're executing 100 percent what that's... i saw what i've been seeing out of shanghai i'm like yo this team is they're connected like they are they are slick they're, that's polishing. the concern they're the concerning team for me versus dallas where it's like if there's a team that's going to like diff them and just like open them up like a can of sardines i don't know where dallas gets their sardines from but apparently they do like that shanghai is the team to do it Atlanta, I feel like, has a very clear path to like beating them where versus shock, it felt like Pelican literally did not get looked at. And no, I'm not talking about like that highlight right. clip of him yes. on like Hollywood, like hiding behind the bus, though. just like yeah. it, it really was. It kind of felt yeah. like the entire like Kai, I think, played well the entire stage. But Pelican in general, I do wonder what that team looks like if he isn't allowed to just run these like crazy flanks i don't even think he's playing with that many resources yes there's a mercy on the team but i think there's like equal time spent between boosting kai and boosting pelican um that's not to say that i should be discrediting their their tank line i think they're literally playing the the comfort of comfort picks for them like this is some my pillow type shit for them like this is the wheelhouse that that has been gifted to you um they are a dangerous team 100 but i am kind of hesitant to give them like such a dominant victory with how much room pelican got to play with in the in the knockout stages so i'm i agree it's well, a one-trick pony i created that room i'm gonna say that when you have two major threats someone's gonna create room for the other player or you're gonna half-ass pressure onto both and you're not gonna pressure both uh, you know in, in, a, in a fair way so i think it's a situation where kai was doing so much shock had to put the pressure on him and that allowed pelican a lot of free room if the opposite mm. happened and they put all the pressure on the pelican kai would have the free room one of them is going to go unchecked is what i'm saying mm -hmm. totally totally i think i think pelican does i agree i think kai gets to open up open up the map and be that pressure that that atlanta needs but I think there are ways for that, like very easy to execute composition. That's very death ball -y to at least zone out Pelican. So yes, there might be space to work with, but I, I think I can see Pelican taking a lot of early picks and it's not to discredit, you know, Dallas fuel. I think they aren't going to have brand new God compositions that they're going to unveil in some, you know, Machiavellian style, you know, ploy to, you know, hide strats. But, you know, the Doomfist has been hard to answer. There's a lot of tools that have just been wiped off the table because of hero pools um that is going to shift teams around i wouldn't be surprised to see an ana come out of them um if things get a little too dicey um specifically with the Doomfist, i wouldn't be surprised if genji came out on escort that could throw some uh, there you go. i think it's a reaching to say a, a wrench in this situation because I, i'm giving basically every escort map to the other team they can't mirror they can't play hit scan all all three of those maps junkertown rialto dorado hit scan thrive in those situations mm -hmm. so it's yep. It is I a tough. Dallas could diff by Glister when Glister had that one yep. good, good Dorado and he completely wrecked them. That's when I knew that at that moment, something in my head clicked and I was like, holy shit. Uh, I, I, think, I think Dallas can get exposed here. And I think that can and will continue. Yep. It's, it's a tough ask. I think it's going to be, you know, impressive if they do do it. Um, but I'm leaning on the historical relevance of, of styles being very, very important. Um, I think Shanghai is the only other team, though, that really kind of gives them <laughs> a run. What is this? That's me. <laughs> I showed my hand a little early. To... Oh, that's yours, Joe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you both have Dallas winning and I have Shanghai winning to, to close it up. 
Is that yep. is this where we're going? Okay, yeah, so I think it's it's another one Can of those I, I early games. Say, I kind of wish one of you guys went for Orlando, but I I think I'm the one that <laughs> it's no. so hard. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Come on, dude. They have not been consistent. I've shipped a lot of Atlanta. I've shipped some Atlanta juice, but I, at the same time, I don't know. It's like I think they can't. I don't. I don't think they beat Shanghai because Shanghai yeah, yeah, yeah. have like Shanghai are going to be the opposite of fuel. Atlanta somewhere in the middle. Atlanta is. I don't know if they can play either of the two styles as well as, as the two other teams on the yes. other two sides. Yeah. Um. Is is I think the ultimate issue here. So yeah, pretty happy with that. Pretty happy with my first episode as a as a proper member um on the show uh also my last episode with you guys so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 178 it's good um and we covered pretty much everything i think this is going to be an extremely good um run of a two of a tournament i think i'm more excited about this one than may melee mm. um just because of how close things could be yep even though i i've kind of got you know, less faith in New York Excelsia. I would love to see them do great here. I would, I really want to see them do well, possible. Uh, Flora's been looking great, so maybe Flora can be the guy that makes a difference. Um, Are you casting any? Nope, I'm not casting any. In fact, I'm not even casting Overwatch this weekend, so it's even worse, which means I can't even, I can't even co-stream or watch uh, June Just Live, I don't think. Mm. Um, So it'll be some VOD catch-up at some stage. But uh, oh, I can actually watch the final live, so I'll I'll, I'll coach and watch the final live. But aside from that, go. um, yeah, I'll watch the final live where I'll see if my pred comes through or not. But I feel like I got some. I feel like there's some good justification there. I feel like everyone's oh, got, totally. got some good justification. And if you hear like, an eruption, like of the the sound levels of the explosion of Krakatau, just like zipping a planet you know my preds went wrong and i didn't get first this year it's just like going like pretty much if i drill down here i think i come out in new zealand somewhere so it's not far away from the other side of the world dude i think you could do a shot i think at that state whether you win or lose we're gonna get that you know we're gonna get that like oh yeah yeah I mean, whether your if, your preds come through or not. Realistically, what you can't, what should be, what you should be able to do is like, okay, if if the preds don't work out, you will hear it. If the preds do work out, you just have to work, look towards the south and follow the big red light going up in the horizon that should be visible from the from the entire stratosphere. All right, well there it is. We're gonna wrap <laughs> up now, folks. That is tactical crutch. Episode 178 done and dusted the June Joust preview. We're going to be back next Wednesday for, I guess, the June Joust postmortem. We'll be breaking down how the tournament actually went, coming back and readdressing where we were. Um, some of our preds will be very accurate. Some of us will get owned. I might get owned. We'll see. And that'll be fun. That'll be lots to get through. And then we'll, you know, maybe be able to preview Summer Showdown as well and our thoughts on how the next meta is going to be with Hero Pools removed um you know considering all the balance changes and all of that but thank you for joining us leave a comment subscribe and we'll see you next week